0: Backstreet's back, all right. Welcome to another episode of Link to the Cast. I am your party host. You're already cracking up.
1: Oh I be probably prepared for something like that, man. I'm, not, I'm prepared for me to give a
2: Backstreet Boys reference. I'm not prepared for you to give a Backstreet
1: Boys reference.
0: I am your party host, Dave Ryan, joined as always now by Brian McNamara, I'm shocked and amused. Mark Robinson away on assignment. Wait, no, I am Mark Robinson now. <laughs> You made that joke last week as well. That wasn't... Did I? Yeah, you made that joke last week. (laughs) We're going to have to mention at some point, we're going to have to do like a brief news feature on your issues with memory. But um, uh, first thing I want to say, get everything out of the way. Um, Thanks to everybody listening to this who went uh, to the trouble of subscribing on iTunes. We are on iTunes now, Brian. I love you so much. I would like to encourage people to continue to do so. Like like comment and subscribe on whatever format you prefer your preferred podcast host if you can go to iTunes give us a five star review that would be fantastic house with our uh, searchability on iTunes that's I know I know I really don't know a lot about SEO on iTunes I just have heard loads of podcasts say that if you give us five stars it helps so I'm going to trust them Um, we sound so professional right now so yeah please like subscribe on iTunes subscribe on SoundCloud however you best consume podcasts do that downcast whatever you want we should anything that uses the iTunes search engine or if it's SoundCloud we should be available on there for you
2: or the kind you listener to the
0: say, you know, yeah look there's three seats over there
2: that's
0: what we that's what this podcast needs is some canned laughter um, Brian I feel we need to level with the people here well, at this point, we, we have a confession, listeners.
2: Like, for me, when I think about nightmares that Don't be a real nightmare. What? We've already gone and recorded this entire podcast.
0: I find that no podcast... No podcast is a real podcast until there's a mysterious lost episode of a podcast (laughs) and uh, just a peek peek behind the curtain, ladies and gentlemen, that is exactly what happened to us. We're recording this on Saturday night. We had this podcast nicely in a neat little package on Thursday night. Uh, we were very proud of ourselves. And then kind of Brian, before we do our book club feature, Brian tends to go out and have a little bit of smoke and a relax. Uh, he yeah. was going out there and I decided, um, yeah, no, I'm going to I'll read back on what we've done so far. See, like, kind of, is it, does it sound good? As good as it did when we did the sound check. And it didn't. Um, didn't For some reason, my laptop decided to go mental. And kind of every the key parts of every sentence seem to be missing from the recording. Completely useless. And we kind of, we made the decision there that it would be completely unfair and completely... Not inaudible yeah. but just the most irritating listen of your entire life if you tried to soldier through uh, it's just a shame because there's a couple of news stories coming up later on that like your first reaction to them because you hadn't heard them before was genuinely brilliant but look we'll soldier on ladies and gentlemen um and pretty much uh, <laughs> we're look we're not gonna pretend we haven't heard all this stuff before but look we'll just we'll uh, we'll do the best we can um so playing this week then. Brian, what have you been playing this week? This will be a good part, because I've already forgotten what you said on Thursday <laughs> about what you played um, last week. Yeah, so. what you said. Um, <laughs> hey. Yeah,
2: so, finished up with Mad Max, the game I tried so hard to love and hated me back so much. Yeah. Um, and uh, stayed on PSN, picked a few cheap little deals, uh, picked up Infamous Second Son, haven't played it yet. Picked up Need for Speed Rivals, quite enjoyed it, played for a bit. Very pretty. Uh, Nice little bit of RPG elements. I love the option to play as cops or robbers and then be able to swap between both at will. Um, But it is unlike Need for Speed Undercover which is the last Need for Speed game I played on the last platform which I really enjoyed. It had much more forgiving driving physics back then. Now it's a lot more punishing, it's a lot more realistic. I think I'm not very good at playing games, but I think I might with a bit of practice I might improve a bit. Getting this but I'm I'm interested to give it a go and see where it goes. The other game I've been playing, I was fourteen quid on PSN and I picked up Battlefield
0: Four. Oh yeah. Yeah, I remember this now. I'm just gonna ask you the same question I did last time and see if you have a better answer. Brian, much like with heroin, you would have thought the bad press would be out by now about Battlefield four, the hot piping, broken garbage bag that it was. <laughs> what possessed you? It was to buy it. Cheap. Could you not have just walked in, flung that fourteen quid at me, and it would have been better spent or thrown it in a big fire? Well, I <laughs>
2: mean I picked, I you know I loved I loved Battlefield Three absolutely loved it down to the ground I mean you know it it pissed all over Call of Duty at the time it was like nothing I had seen before with the size of the maps
1: rush game mode and um, sniping at a, a flicker of
2: motion or a glint of sunlight that might be some dude and then getting the point points oh my god I guess do that I didn't even see him. Um, and uh, like I got back in Hardline, and I'm not super enjoying it. Uh, you know, I played the first mission. And it forced me to do stealth. I didn't like that. And I said, you know, for all the bad things I've heard about Battlefield 4, it's got to be closer to Battlefield 3 than Battlefield Hardline has been. So I gave it a go. I mean, yeah, it's pretty broken. I mean, it's not game-breakingly broken at this point. Um, but it's frustratingly broken. The problem with it is. On the multiplayer, which is the big seven point for any FPS now, particularly for a battlefield, you can no longer customize your loadout in the game. So you it's a ha- preset loadout? No, it's a preset, but you have to, to you unlock at the same as you unlock attachments and silencers and laser slides and better weapons than that. The only way you can customize your loadout with those is to download the companion app.
0: Ah companion apps, the bane of a lot of people's lives. See, the problem,
2: now I wouldn't have too much of a problem with that because it's all based off the battle log, which was there for Battlefield 3 We didn't customize your, well you didn't customize your loadout on it, but it was more for tracking your progress and you know, achievements and your goals of, to unlock the next thing and that. It was a nice, cool, kind of optional, extra little thing. Uh, the problem I'm finding is, I can't, because I played Battlefield 3 on, the, on Xbox in the last generation, I, I'm on PS4 now, I can't get Battlelog to recognize the fact that I have Battlefield Four.
0: That would seem troublesome to me. Yeah,
2: well, I've looked around, and apparently, what I'm going to have to do if I want to do it is to um, download the Origin.
0: Uh, yeah, Origin, the origin the which kind. I think. Uh, uh, gamers, which every ga- gamers everywhere love Origin. Oh yeah, oh, they love it. Uh, which I'm not going
2: to do. Um, so now you can. Do it on the hop in game, in,
1: once you're in uh, a match, on. you can do it on the hop, which is really
2: awkward and waste precious time in game where your team is losing or doing shit because you're busy fiddling and like, well, put a flashlight in that gun or not. <laughs> and it's kind of like, it's better time, better spent off again, but yeah, i I fiddled around with her a bit, kind of, you know, get my money's worked out a but you know, it was 14 quid, I'm not going to win you too much. Uh, that's me that's
0: why I've been playing this week well this week Brian if you're handing over to me um, and you know exactly what's coming now bracing myself tis the season for the beautiful game my friend
2: listeners you're so lucky that you only have to hear this
0: once (laughs) look uh, before we get into this I suppose uh, full disclosure much like last time Brian not a fan of football games Mark not a fan of football games myself Big fan of football games. Now, to that end, the last couple of weeks, pretty much since the last... I think I had just started playing Pro Evo uh, when we recorded the last one. But Pro Evo and FIFA are both on the market now. FIFA 16, Pro Evo 16. And the... It's 2015, right? The, it is 2015,
2: yes. Just want to square it out. With yeah. Sure Squaring, yeah,
0: we're all... yeah.
2: For the people <laughs> like me who don't like football
0: games. <laughs> um so the question that obviously reigns when you have two kind of competing games that are do doing the they same thing how do they compare against each other which is better, which if you only have 60 euro, which one do you get um, kind of to add the context to it like I added last time back in the day <laughs> we
2: need to touch on like last time, they weren't
0: here for time. <laughs> I know, back in the day Pro Evo was the way to go um, pro Evo, around the time of pro, before, when it went from ISS Pro to Pro Evo um, 1 and 2, uh, it started out doing, gameplay wise, it started out doing FIFA, it had none of the licenses, as I told you last time I keep saying that It was, I a,
2: it was associated with the International Space
0: Station Indeed it was, yes, oh, the technology at play, so you know Konami they, it, they they spare no expense <laughs>
2: You you made a comparison there between the type, there was a difference in the type of each game
0: in how yeah how they play kind of yeah how well, they feel the game
2: experience
0: <laughs> yeah basically <sighs> Pro Evo traditionally is more arcadey it's more fun less kind of um, deadly gravely serious whereas FIFA would be considered the football simulation of the two the most kind of realistic authentic replication of the game of football versus isn't it fun having a kick of the ball down the park with your mates playing head and volleys, right? So <clears throat> Pro Evo in the early to late PS2 was kicking some ass gameplay-wise. Um, it never outsold FIFA. FIFA has the EA juggernaut behind it. It's obviously, it has all the licenses and everything. It has the big ad campaigns going for it. It's always going to outsell. But in terms of like, you know, some a lot of hardcore gamers, people who kind of, you know, were more discerning, they would tend to lean towards pro evo because it was a more fun experience even without the licenses um fast forward to 2010 and fifa got its act together fifa 10 fifa 11 fifa 12 massive fucking improvement and at the same time pro evo with any of these games you can imagine like with first person shooters as well you're a first person shooter guys i'll talk to you on those terms You can imagine with, like, Call of Duty or Battlefield, year on year, they're trying to tweak things and balance things and make things slightly better without, you know, reinventing the wheel. And sometimes you can go too far and fucking wreck everything, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what Pro Evo did. (laughs) Evo, Pro Evo went too far and started going downhill, just unfortunately around the time that FIFA got its act together. So I was a Pro Evo player all the way up until FIFA 10. I switched to FIFA 10 I have been FIFA all the way through um, I was planning on just getting FIFA 16 and then I start reading things early impressions from the likes of Steve Burns of videogamer.com who's turned around and said look Pro Evo's back no word of a lie and like I've heard this before as a Pro Evo fan every year there's somebody who wants to be the one that's right by saying from very early on Pro Evo's back check it out this fall and it's never back it's, it's always been kind of like it's just missing something um, so I had FIFA 16 pre-ordered ages ago on the store for my PS4, and then I was kind of, like, the night, uh, two nights before Pro Evo came out, I was like, do you know what, I'm jonesing for a football game, and FIFA's out a week and a half from now, uh, you know, I kind of, like, not that I'm sick of Metal Gear Solid V, Metal Gear Solid 5, you've seen it, like, it gets heavy sometimes when you're, like, being snaky like so I was like, I want a kind of, a bit of levity, something to lighten things up, you know, so get a bit of football in. So, right, I'll get Pro Evo. I have the money to spare. I'll get Pro Evo. Got Pro Evo on a whim. And I can tell you now, Pro Evo's back. Um, the way back I said again. it to you is, uh, like, I well, I got FIFA as well. I didn't cancel my pre-order on that. Got that. Played played Pro Evo for the week solid before F- FIFA came out. It's a whole lot of fun. Uh, it's so in-depth. The gameplay is fantastic. And I'll get back to that in a second when I explain exactly why it's the best. FIFA came out. It's boring. It's slow it's plodding it's just not as good it it was an attempt to just marginally improve and balance better the things that were in fifa 15 but what basically they've made is like a slightly prettier and what feels like much slower version of fifa 15 and I'm not really digging that at the moment. And not a sexy grass
2: with the other t-shirts.
0: No, no, not, not a bit. But, um, if I was to kind of like, because I don't want to labour the point too much, because I know not everybody is into football games like I am. If I were to explain to you in a couple of instances why Pro Evo is far better this year, and it all comes down to the idea of depth. It's this concept I keep hitting back on. And in two ways. Uh, one is the transfer system and just the general depth of career mode. In FIFA, and I've explained this to you before, you basically just... uh, There's a slider. You put in a random number. I want to buy um, Lukaku for 20 million from Everton. You send it away to Everton. Everton email you back, say we want 25 million. You go 25 million, you pretty much have Lukaku then. You know, you equivalent over wages, blah, blah, blah. It's very easy to do transfers quick that way. It's not hugely realistic. In that way, because like, be put, it, put it this way, like, playing as United on it, um, and this is completely unrepresentative of the real life United, 85-90% to 90% of the time, if I want a player for United, I will sign him. If you go to Pro Evo, before you even get into transfer negotiations, players will just tell you to fuck off sometimes. So, again, I use the same example because I did do it on Pro Evo. I tried to buy Lukaku. And what you do is instead of sending the number away to Everton, you go to your, they're never outright called it, but they basically are your negotiation team, the people in charge of football, the Ed Woodwards of your um of your career mode. And you tell them, right, I want Lukaku for Everton. Go away, find out how much he costs, how much Everton want for him. So you're not naming a number, you're just saying, find out how much they'll sell him for. So they potter off, and you could well be told within a week, Everton say, fuck off you're not having them and then that's the end of negotiations it's not like you can go ah here like throw a number in like you could in fifa um, it's pretty much over for a little while then there's a cooling off period and w- under which you're not allowed to approach them again okay now let's say they accept the transfer well actually no let's go what i did i went then to leon i went to buy lacazette so i go there i said hey leon how much do you want for lacazette they come back and they say 24 and a half million pounds sterling Right, that's my team come back with. They say Leon have said twenty-four and a half million pounds sterling. I turn around and say, Okay, I don't want to pay that much. He's a very good player, I don't want to pay that much. So instead of using a slider and getting a weird arbitrary number, what I'll do is I'll tell my negotiation team there's a list of four things I can say. I can say lower the transfer fee, lower his wage demands, decrease his contract length, or Um, add a player as part of the exchange so I went and said like lower transfer fee so that basically sends them back and they try to figure out with Leon what is the lowest fee that they will accept for Lacazette then they come back with that fee and you get Lacazette if you accept those terms right so the reason that's uh, one of the many reasons that that's really realistic is because you can't really do snap decision transfers you really have to plan these things out far in advance. You have to decide I want the player so I'm going to commit the time to actually in early June to mid June or like early July, say, when I still have plenty of time left in the transfer window to go back and forth with Leon, I'm going to do it. Yeah, time, a player comes yeah back. Okay. whereas like in FIFA you can go the last couple of days of August and you can start this shit and you're probably going to get the player anyway. Um so there's no feel of urgency like there should be with a transfer market. The other depth thing, and this is the final point that I'll end on, I'm sure you're delighted, um, is the idea of depth of gameplay. So when you're playing games, and this is I, this is something I've said to you in the time you've been watching me play the game when you pop into the room, substitutions actually matter in this game.
2: Yeah, because you were saying about this, you were saying kind of like, because it's the kind of idea that, you know, they're not just sprites with names and better or worse stats. Yeah.
0: Like, in FIFA... For want of a better term, like at the kind of Midlands top level, pretty much all players are only like slight, like slightly. Yeah, there's not a huge. If I subbed off, say, say I had some sort of dream team and I subbed off Gareth Bale and brought on Memphis Depay, apart from the fact that. Memphis Defy is a little bit more able to play at both feet. You're not going to notice a hell of a lot of difference, and that he's slightly slower. You're not going to notice a hell of a lot of difference. It won't change the way the team dynamic is. It's kind of like in
2: Memphis Defy's um, sprite, will have minus two speed on bills. Yeah, and it's not even all that noticeable. Like, until,
0: and I think it's slightly better this year from the little bit I've played, but like traditionally in FIFA it's been the case that most centre halves can catch up with most strikers running at full tilt Hmm. which I don't know Brian I know you're not the most obsessive football fan in the world but could you imagine back in the day if say Lothar Matthias was just an actor (laughs) I was trying to think of like just some heifer of a like Lothar Matthias (laughs) yeah Lothar Matthias trying to catch up with the original Ronaldo in his pomp or Luis Figo in his pomp something like that You have not get the fucking you back yeah like you know and it's just unrealistic but I'm pro-evo like before I get into even the, the substitution thing just the idea like if if you are dummied and beaten by a striker and you are the last man back you are fucked you are not catching him <laughs> he is gone if Messi gets past you you might as well just let your keeper walk off to the sideline because that defender is not catching up to get the ball off him but, uh, no, substitutions actually matter. So, the the couple of instances I gave you, right? So, I'm playing against uh, Barcelona in the Champions League. I'm Manchester United. I have uh, Michael Carrick in my midfield. Michael Carrick's basic role in real life and in this game is that he sits there looking pretty in the middle of the field and sprays the ball forward. He kind of pulls the strings and he sees where the ball has to go and he lands it there. He could land the ball in a sixpence from 40 yards, as my grandad would say. Um... The problem with that is Barcelona's midfield are very compact. They're very good at passing the ball around in triangles and keeping it away from you. Michael Carrick, not a massively strong tackler. So Barcelona are absolutely swamping me in the midfield and having umpteen shots on goal. So I recognise that that's a problem. I say, right, Michael Carrick, get the fuck off. Bastian Schweinsteiger, come up to play. Bastian Schweinsteiger ever so slightly more physical comes in and starts hoofing lads completely like without even me trying to go okay I'm playing as Bastian Feinsteiger, trying to get into character almost and I'm not I'm You're not, not di- how you I'm use not the di- controller. yeah I'm not changing how I use the controller but My team dynamic all of a sudden is changing. My midfield diamond are moving entirely differently. The back four are marshaled much tighter together just by having Schweinsteiger there as a presence. Without me even trying to do it, and obviously he's that much more physical, so Barcelona, without even me trying extra hard, I'm trying just as hard as I was with Carrick. Barcelona are now finding it much harder to get through my midfield. The other example I gave you, I played in the league against Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. I had I had made the mistake of starting Phil Jones at centre half. Diego Costa, quite a body, physical man, was having a sport with him. Scored two goals in the first half. Was just running through Phil Jones like it was nothing. Wearing his not a Half time came on, uh, came and I subbed on Chris Smalling. Chris Smalling that. Bit much more guile about him as a defender. Like he's having a great time now in, in real life. He's really come into his own. But um, it subbed him on all of a sudden. Diego Costa goes completely fucking quiet. The entire dynamic of the back four changes again. And it like it really like I'm honestly Daniel like subs actually matter. I like I could sub on. Time. I I could have right in my first season. I would have Lacazette and Rooney up front together as a front. I like playing with a front two. And if they're hitting the wall, like if they're just fucking haven't couldn't hit water if they fill up a boat. They're having a terrible game, right? I wait until the 60th or 70th minute. The defenders, of the team I'm playing against, are getting a bit leggy. You know, they're getting a bit tired. They've been playing. They've been focusing on trying to block down my shot. They're getting tired, but so are my strikers. So I take Rooney off because he's thirty years old and doesn't have the greatest stamina in the world. And I bring on And yeah, and I bring on Anthony Marshall, who is a young fella, quite fast, quite strong, quite skillful. He comes on. Minces the defense, like it is proper. Like I said, subs actually matter. You feel like so the game can change on a dime, because that is part of the like. If you're going to talk about a football sim, which FIFA has always tried to be more than arcadey fun, part of the whole challenge of being a football manager is being able to effectively use your substitutes. You know, it's human chess for want of a better term. You know, yeah, what
2: mean it's fresh legs for the guy that's injured.
0: You know I me, mean? yeah. You you don't want a like for like replacement. You want to be able to make a substitution that actually changes the game. And that's what Pro Evo offers you. Yeah. Honestly, like just to kind of draw this to a close before we move on to the news oh, now. Yes. Yeah, sorry. I, I know I do go on about it, but I am very passionate about the football oh. games, you know what I mean? Um, but honestly, my recommendation, if anyone's going to trust my recommendation, if you only have 60 quid and have to buy one, it's Pro-Evo. It's right. pro all the way.
2: Even like I, like, I don't play them. I walked in, I watched you playing them. Like, I walk in, you're playing FIFA, and I'm like, you know what, I'll come back later. I walked in, you, you're playing Pro-Evo, and I was like, all right, yeah. Yeah. Having a look. Look around, like, it looks like, looking at FIFA on screen, like, it looks cold and dry. Yeah. It looks yeah. like reading the sports pages. It looks like listening to Michael Owen talk about football. Jesus You know They don't to play like footballers they
0: heaven for friend uh,
2: mm-hmm. I stick my head And play was on It looks fun It's brightly coloured You know like It me, pops Listen to me When yeah. I'm Like you know, yeah. It's brightly coloured It looks exciting It looks like It's the same and You get sucked into it but that's just my
0: take <laughs> Yeah No it is And honestly Like for people who are Like me They're full kit wankers They need to have All the licences And stuff like that One There's a lot of licences In it Spanish league Dutch league uh, Manchester United Are the only Premier league team Licensed There's a lot of licenses in it, but at the same time, I would recommend if you get Pro Evo and you have a PS4, I think PS3 as well, no, you can go to, this website called Pez World, just Google it, Pez World, they have an option file nice and prepared for you, so because PS4 now has USB stick support, you can download your option file for your kits, they already have the Premier League kits and the Football League Championship kits, download the kits, the crests, and even the avatars for the managers, download all them onto your USB key. Go into your edit mode. It's got one of the incredible things about Pro Evo is that it oh, has a really robust editing mode that you can customize everything. You can customize the name of your league. So if you want to call the FA Premier League the Brian is cool turbo deadly league, you can fucking do it. Actually, there mightn't be enough characters, but you can come very close, right? Close than you can in FIFA, well, that's what matters.
1: Cold.
0: <laughs> but uh yeah, you can just go upload the kits, they'll paste over uh, they're very well done they're proper you've seen I've the seen quality of the kids seamless. and you could realize. if you didn't realise that they weren't licensed you wouldn't know no
2: I didn't realise you you'd pointed
0: mm-hmm. out yeah so like they're that good uh, honestly yeah, like I said if you only have 60 quid and are going to buy a football game this year please make a pro evo you will not regret it uh, so without further ado then Brian we've talked about what we've played this week and our traditional next step is to move on to the news the news news on the mark In the news this week, Brian. Uh, PS4 has had its latest system update to version 3.00. This was from uh, Wednesday this week and it's added some cool new features. Uh, have you been dicking around with many of these features? No. Not really. No. Okay, so.
2: I, um, no, I, I read through the, the thing, uh, some interesting stuff. And there's a new icon up the top, new tile, I think you said there's a technical term, new tile up the top for
0: communities. Events, well, the communities are in there as oh, well. Yeah, sorry. But- Oh, no we we'll go through it from the that top here anyway. <laughs> oh, totally yeah god damn it Brian get out of here no uh, the new title at the top is events uh, as the playstation blog puts it here so eloquently a new events app has been added to the S 4 accessible from the home screen this will give you an overview of activities taking place on the games you play most as well as official broadcasts so basically Brian if there's an event weekend like say um you double experience double experience point weekend or kind of uh there's one on at the is there one on at the moment or was it a community about like hype for Uncharted being out on Wednesday Uh, there's some sort of event up to do with that I think Um, there's other stuff like uh, team of the week events on FIFA you can basically go in and register for this event and in a weird creepy Skynet thing if you dick around with your your settings on PS4 uh, once the event starts your PS4 will automatically launch without you touching it so you'll know that the event is on yeah you can um, anything when that happens so like i suppose that's kind of useful like some kind of things i can see that being good for like if i talk about if i think about things that i play online that involve community because i think we're going to talk about a bit more as uh, the news stories go on i'm not a massive online multiplayer guy even with the football games i love so very dearly and um, the one thing i could think of that would be cool is uh like registering for an event to do with uh free mode events on gta Cool. Like sometimes very special events come up, like around 4th of July, they had one where like a bunch of cool weapons came out to celebrate 4th of July, like a fireworks launcher and stuff like that. So it'd be cool to keep track of those events, um, you know, so you don't miss any cool limited edition stuff in GTA, um, which is the only one I can think of right now anyway, that that, that would appeal to me in terms of events. But you know, it's, uh, do you know what I mean? Like it's not something I can see myself using all that much, but I'm really happy because there does seem to be people who...
2: Yeah, I think it's one of those as well kind of an if you build it they will come kind of thing whereby it's one of those
0: things where people are going to use it but they didn't know they needed it
2: yeah like it's there now games are going to capitalize on this they're going to be more kind of more online focused and not like the games that are online I mean like you know the games are heavily online now Something's just going to them online now. There's going to be lots more hype, as in you know you haven't played this game in a bit. Next, like, you know like you know oh by the way, did you, did you know there's an event going
0: to be on for this game? You know you should probably yeah. check it out. Um, the <clears throat> the other one of the other major features that's in here uh, now are communities, Brian. So, so you'll you'll find this uh, under your your friends tab on your or your friends tile on your. Uh, PS4 i not familiar with that one and uh, communities basically oh, are, are they form around like shared interests games um, you can go on right say for example you were really enjoying Mad Max for a while and then as yeah. we will probably talk about next week in your playing this week feature um, you kind of fell out of love with it towards the end. But let's say you're back in the time where you were madly in love with Mad Max and you weren't finding uh, that love no, reciprocated. No, no, no. I had to go back
2: a bit. I had to go back
0: a bit. Let me get into the. Get frame into frame of mind. and get into character. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Those, those were the days, right? Yeah. But you go back, um, you think about that. You, you like a game, but much like with you and Mad Max, I wasn't into the idea of that game, I wasn't buying it. But you want to talk to people. You want to see what people who are playing the game are doing with it. So you can go on, find the Mad Max community under your friends tile. And you can go check out a community of people who are playing Mad Max. They're posting screenshots. They're posting videos. They're having a whale of a time. They might be throwing in tips. You never know. I like this community's feature, and I'll tell you why. There are various people in, like, video games media, shall we say. Different journalists who I really appreciate, um, or their websites. And they are starting to create communities, and I can get involved and see Mm -hmm. kind of what stuff they're playing. Yes, so close to them. So, like, uh, Giant Bomb have one. That was the first one I signed up for. Video Gamer have one. Um... Kind of Funny have one. I haven't been able to find that yet. More on that in a second. Uh, IGN's podcast Beyond have one. Um, there's all sorts of other ones. I think I've joined six or seven communities so far. And it's cool watching people kind of uh, just, you know, talking about what games they're playing and stuff like that. It's a cool way to kind of uh, meet people, compare. One of the things I really like about the online community, not so much playing games online as much as it is uh, comparing trophy lists and stuff. I like that since I've gotten into the whole trophy thing. Um, another thing that's added is a whole tile exclusively dedicated to PS Plus. So PS Plus, whenever you have to launch into the store, you have to drop down a few tabs, find the PS Plus, then go to your instant game collection. You might notice in addition to the events tile now, the the tile on the furthest to the left now at the top is just the plus symbol. Mm. So you go in there and your PS Plus game for the month, all three of them are sitting right there. All three or six of them, however many there are, right? They're all sitting there, ready for you to download. You can also access like all the games you already bought on PS Plus, so that if you need to re-download them, they're there. That's pretty. pretty cool. Also, and this is one we didn't talk about the first time round, your cloud save capacity. This is the probably the best thing that's happened because we play a lot of games on PS4. Uh, Brian? been
2: cool since I fucking bought
0: Witcher. Well, Brian, you might notice now. That your capacity for online storage on PS Plus has now gone from 1 gig, which was ridiculous, to 10. So, no longer do you have to worry about any of that kind of shit, so... Not, not only do you not only do you have to worry about, like, memory capacity on the actual console, uh, thanks to a video we'll be releasing in the next few days, hopefully, about, yeah, about you switching, about well, me switching out your hard drive for you. Now you have a big 2-terabyte hard drive, and now you have 10 gigs of online space. Which I can tell you, like, one, yeah, The Witcher, massive. Like, about a gig would it be? Nearly, by itself. Uh, weirdly, uh... WWE 2K15 is like a gig for me Because I have so many created wrestlers on it Um, FIFA is nearly a gig as well So like Just because it has a weird bug With all saving Anyway not getting into that But yeah it's grand to have 10 gig now It's a lot to play around with And like on the off chance that my PS4 uh, Burst into flames tomorrow It's nice to know that those saves are there And I'm not going to have to start The Witcher from scratch (laughs) Because could you imagine? I just, I just, that finish, I just, yeah. But I'm so close that if my, BS, like, if I didn't have that, lot, I'm, I'm a lot closer than a lot of people. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I'm, you know, I, uh, we'll say the home stretch. Well, it's
2: right in and the know. Okay.
0: Right the uh, sharing video clips to Twitter. Um, as I said to you before, uh, you shared a video and with some trouble <laughs> because you had to I figure out how two, to do the whole thing. Two
2: old videos in my entire time on uh, PlayStation Four and. But, it's, it takes a lot of work.
0: Uh, you shared one that would be perfect for this feature. So, if you want something that's just short and snappy, you want people to see it, you want a couple of faves, whatever, like the one, the video you have that's on your Facebook page of um, you punching a guy so hard that he fell into a perfect seated position in a chair. Uh, which was quite entertaining in Mad Max uh, would be perfect for like a six or seven second uh, Twitter video I mean it's perfectly suited to that kind of uh, site so it's nice to have that not something I'd personally use I don't think uh, unless the right the really right occasion uh, arose but it's again it's another one (laughs) it's another one of those like I'm really glad it's there for people YouTube live streaming. For, I'm happy about this because I've had enough of a fucking headache with dealing with uh, streaming on Twitch for my PS4. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm gonna give I'm gonna give a go at YouTube live streaming at some point in the next week or two and see, see what happens. Uh, you might notice, Brian, if you go to my profile when I'm playing the Metal Gear Solids or the Pro Evos at the moment. There's a new tab, There's a new button right underneath my lovely handsome profile picture there, and it says "request to view" uh, or something to that. Uh, Something oh, to that was request to watch oh request to watch yeah I think was, <laughs> I think it's actually that creepy was, yeah, was, it's it was that, that creepy. creepy so basically um if I'm playing a game and you don't know whether you want to buy it yet and you want to see someone you know just watch. yeah you just want to watch if you're that kind of guy <laughs> if you just want to have a look see is this game something I'm interested in I can watch somebody I know play it they're probably a pretty good judge yeah, let me watch yeah, basically it's you can. Yeah, I know. You can hit the button and watch a live broadcast of them playing the game. Obviously, they have to verify that you're allowed to watch. <laughs> but uh, no, again, another pretty cool feature. Can't see myself using it, but again, it's one of those things that I'm sure there are people who are going to be yeah, thankful long run. <sighs> For fuck's sake, dude! <laughs> seriously, just beat that dead horse into the fucking grounds, like I. Ro- fuck's sake! Live from PlayStation, so um, that's kind of. Sh- there's already a live PlayStation feature that shows like the most popular streams on there, so apparently they've tidied that up a bit. You can upload PNG screenshots, not just JPEGs now, again. Mm. Not something I give a oh. shite about, but there's probably one like image resolution nerd who's like just been constantly fist pumping since Wednesday at the top. Of right it. now you said no one where you oh just my lost a fan. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, well, sir, you are worse than Hitler. <laughs> um and now there's uh, favourite groups so you can like collect like if there's a like chat group boys. like say for example um, yourself myself and Ben if we start playing GTA online in our gang I might want to send a message saying hey I'm going on in 20 minutes to play GTA I can have under of my favourite groups I can have you and Ben saved there um, and just chat to you both rather than open a fresh chat and add two people to it blah 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 the downside of this whole update so far, Brian, as I think I mentioned to you, you know these groups I talked to you about? So, yeah. you can go to your podcast beyond groups and stuff like that. Do you know what would be really great if you're trying to find groups?
2: Something to help you find the groups?
0: Yes. Groups? At the moment, Brian, there is literally no way to search for groups you want to be a part of. You can only go into the most popular groups and scroll through like that. And there are some horrible, horrible groups in there. Some hideously sexist names. Uh, Some about, oh, smoking and playing games, yeah. (laughs) That kind of stuff. I saw
2: saw a really good kind of, I can't remember where I saw um, a reference
3: to the fact that, you know, there are those guys like, oh, man, smoke
2: so much weed, play so many video games. You know, so you... smoke weed every day. So you... Imbibe a substance that's notorious for lowering your decision-making capabilities and reaction times, and then put yourself in a situation where your in activity that hinges on your reaction
0: times. <laughs> you to play some Twitch shooters, so uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of the main. Like, i might only been dicking around with the features. I've been quite busy this week, so uh, I haven't really. eight times a dick one? I haven't been like. I haven't really seen kind of like checked out the favorite groups or anything like that so I don't know if there's more bugs with it but that's the one that really sticks out like a sore thumb to me so far is that like just being able to search for groups seems like something like, that's so basic. You
2: know one wasn't that long ago that the PSN store was completely fucking unnavigable yeah. and it's still not great.
0: Yeah here man I mean, you you do not get to criticise you did not have a PS3 and have to suffer through the fucking state of the PS3 store. No, um, I um Uh, In Xbox 360. Yeah, I know. When Games With Gold came up, there was no way to access Games With Gold unless the ad came up. let me just put it into perspective. That store was considered far better. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Right. Moving on. Uh, This story comes in from Destructoid. So, we talked in a previous episode, I believe... About Deus Ex and their incredibly uh, pernicious pre augment your pre order promotion. Did we talk about that? Uh, I think oh, maybe it was myself who marketed uh, where you could depending on how much money you were willing to give them for uh, give Square Enix for. Uh, Deus Ex, you would get to different tiers to unlock more in your pre-order. So if you it's got to a certain... You right now. If you got to tier one, I'm just looking at the the kind of the graphic here for it. So if you got to tier one, it looks like you get um, alternative costumes for Adam Jensen. If you go to tier two, you seem to get a soundtrack and digital concept art. If you go to tier three, you get an extra mission. If you go to tier four, Adam Gentleman has a bigger dick. Uh, if you go to tier four, I don't know what the fuck that's there for. I don't know what that is. And tier five, you get the game four days early. So all this kind of yeah, like well, man, just trying to. Days like. I mean, yeah.
2: I franchise. I mean, well, look, I, I, no, I, it I, is
0: a beloved franchise. It is a beloved franchise,
2: but like I, I picked up the last game called The Human Revolution. Yeah, I picked it up for four quid secondhand, yeah. and it wasn't that old. Yeah. And I played the first half of it, and i like, a
0: kind of An interesting game in yeah. there, so... Far. I'm already very good. I, I've never played a Deus Ex game. Uh, uh, I, on the table here.
2: I I played a little bit of the... What was the Deus Ex 2? The 2 and one PC, the one, like crazy awful old
0: school graphics yeah and um, it's a very
2: old game isn't it it's
0: real like yeah, yeah i remember maybe playing a little bit on pc a long time ago yeah i remember i was still at the i was still at the age although i still giggle at it now where i think i was in i think i was still in primary school and uh someone mentioned day of sex and then someone thought they said day of sex and everyone started laughing for Just, mm-hmm. yeah, it was the greatest thing that ever happened um but it's yeah really basically nice so nice. this is coming from destructoid um Recently, Deus Ex, Mankind Divided was dated and Square Enix proceeded to launch a pretty bad pre-order campaign for it. It was called Augment Your Pre-Order and basically it would unlock tons of gated content if enough people pre-ordered it. Oh yeah, that was the thing. It wasn't even if you went to the tier. It's that loads of people had to do it. So if enough people pre-ordered it, it would go to the next tier. So if you threw in all the money in the world, it still wasn't going to get you to the four day early release. They needed X amount of people to pre-order it, to augment it that much. Yeah, it's cool, isn't it? No, <laughs> um, it's not. It's,
2: not.
0: it's stupid. one of the rewards was the four day early release of the game. As it turns out, fans hated the idea and let the publisher know. So now Square Enix have turned tail and said, right, okay, it's over. Um. So all that content, share. all the, all that content that they talked about being gated away, depending on how many people pre-ordered it, is uh, all available on the day one. So just pre-orders, we're not going to be cutting off stuff based on any pre-order or not, which is better. So, we're going on, unless you have something more to say about how awful that was.
2: No, this is as simple as, like, you know, eventually developers, hopefully, always realising time that, you know, gamers will take a lot of shit, and then, you know, shout blindly for a lot of things, but you can only push so far.
0: Yeah. Um, hopefully this is a start of, kind of, the consumer starting to fight back, because pre-order culture and season-past culture and stuff like that has, like, gone a bit too fucking far, and, well, some would say the entire concept of it has gone too far from day one, but anyway, there's a a young man, Brian, I'm quite a fan of, by the name of Hideo Kojima, designed a, a little game called Metal Gear Solid, um, recently, acrimoniously shown the back door, basically, by Konami, fuck Konami, um... He was spotted, a photograph surfaced there, of him hanging out with a man called Mark Cerny. Mark Cerny, for those of you who aren't in the know, is the man who was considered the architect of the PlayStation 4. Unlikely pretty, it is. It is, quite. Of the two black boxes that make up this it generation of... It, it is the sneaker my back God, bo- back It doesn't look like a VCR as much. <laughs> um, so, Brian, you can imagine the internet... Free never engine, won. Video, video, video yeah, free
2: out with a dude who, while not being. I think your point is While not being a Sony employee. Yeah,
0: he's not. He's not a Sony employee. He was contracted by Sony to kind of R and D this digitalization PlayStation Four. So he's not. So a man with
2: experience, but possibly not as much bias.
0: Yeah. Um. He's seen with Hideo Kojima, so people are obviously you know the internet, they jump to conclusions, they're thinking, oh, look, looks like Sony are courting the the biggest kind of free agent in games development. Because, like, uh, like I've explained to you before when, we talk, when we've talked privately about Kojima and what he's going to do next, basically you've got the likes of a Microsoft or a Sony or an EA, and they know if they can hook Kojima in, that's a big get. Because you can pretty much give that guy, like, just hand him the checkbook, give him a big building to put his staff in might take four or five years for whatever game comes out the other side but it's going to be like it might be batshit crazy but people, people are going to pay the shit out of it. yeah it's going to like people are going to go crazy for it so like it's a pretty big get and like my assumption is at some point anyway that it's going to come out that Microsoft are going to have to make a play for because at this point they're going to have to start making Hail Mary passes to try and fucking outstrip the PlayStation um, if they're indeed trying to win but um what I would say about this is like you were pointing out, Mark Cerny isn't a an employee You're of PlayStation. Not a so Sony. So I don't think anybody should read into this that you know he's about to sign on the dotted line to be one of Sony's first party studios. I wouldn't necessarily get carried away and think that. But at the same time, as you pointed out to me the first time we discussed this, um At the same time, if you're looking for someone who has the inside track on what the PS4 is like to develop for, and someone who isn't biased by being a full-time employee of Sony, you're not going to do much better than Mark Cerny. So, I don't know. Um, Like like with everything else, it's a wait and see. Like, if he shows up at Sony, there's a chance it has little to nothing to do with this. So... Let's please not overreact. I know Kojima fans, myself included, we'd be very excited. Uh, well, Kojima fans that own PlayStations will be very excited to see him pop up at Sony. That would be amazing. But, uh, you know, wherever he ends up, I'm sure... Do an one as well? Yeah, I do. <laughs> Mad if he ended up at Nintendo, wouldn't <laughs> it? The next Mario game would be fucking nuts. Oh, man. Could you imagine? Jesus. Fast,
1: Super Mario tactical
2: espionage <laughs> <laughs> golf
0: Tactics, tactical espionage I just have this idea that like Mar- like the next Mario Brothers game like Luigi has just I say subtly replaced but replaced by Revolver Ocelot <laughs> just no one says anything about it just Troy Maker there hanging out with Mario <laughs> Fred has another castle oh god Mario
2: Luigi's arms instead of his own arm. oh
0: my god <laughs> Bowser gets taken out by Psychomantis. Good God! Oh, that definitely on some so fanfiction for yeah. on some fanfiction forum that definitely exists. The Metal yeah, Solid. Yeah, but also
2: fuck on Yeah, that fan fiction that's yeah not talk about yeah, those. Fuck,
0: you, sure fuck right. you, the internet. Yeah. Right. Moving swiftly on, little, little game came out alert there. For you. Mm. What? Oh, this this game. Yeah, mm. little game came out there. Uh... It was the day before we recorded the last time, and now it's the day after. So on Friday, a little game came out called Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Five. Um, there was four other ones. Which reminds me, of one of the great, great romantic poems of all time, Brian. Shall I regale you with it?
2: Yeah.
0: Roses are red, violets are blue. Tony Hawk's Pro Skateboarder Two. <laughs> Tony Hawk games back in the day. Look at you, look at you wither and die. <laughs> Right, to- Tony Hawk games back in the day. Like and you, you
2: dare judge me?
0: Yeah, I do.
1: Yeah, Tony Hawk.
0: Back yeah, in the day. so like I kind of you were surprised at this. You didn't really because we've talked about it before that you kind of hopped on the console bandwagon with the Xbox 360. So. Tony Hawk had been and gone. It, it had had its heyday by the time you were on board it's with the consoles. Yeah, you can do they were here. goddamn great. The first two to three Tony Hawk games were fantastic. A lot of fun. Very technical games. Very, very technical. kind of The kind of game that you don't really... I wouldn't say you don't get a lot anymore, but that certainly aren't the... Certainly aren't the big sellers anymore where a high level hands. a high level of technical proficiency is rewarded. The likes of the the games I'm thinking of nowadays that do that are the likes of the Dark Souls that are like have some punishing difficulty to achieve the best results, right? So Tony Hawk 5 came out. We heard from Activision, you know, they're finally doing the fifth one. You think like, you know, if in the morning Nintendo went if nin- in Nintendo came out in the morning and said, right, the new Super Mario Bros. game is coming out and it's numbered. It is the next one in the series. People are going to sit up and they're going to take that fucking seriously. And much is because Tony Hawk, even though some of the Tony Hawk, the later games, some would argue starting with the underground games that involved a lot of the jackass guys, or the later games like Tony Hawk's Ride, kind of has started desecrating that legacy a little bit. Um... Still, obviously, people who love a series are going to hold out hope, like, for instance, me, and I constantly bring this up, being such a massive fan of Silent Hill and loving the first three to four games. As much as games that have come out since that, bearing the Silent Hill names, have been absolute, abhorrent monstrosities, I still hold out hope that eventually a good one will be made. I right. like one involving Kojima and... Don't even, go down, don't even go down there. Or Junji Ito, the, uh, the anime... I don't know. I'm not going to get into it. I'm not going to. It's just it make me sad, right? So, people who are fans of the Tony Hawk series are obviously holding out a lot of hope that this is going to you know, they're going to get some results here that maybe we'll finally have a half-decent Tony Hawk game after all these years. The yeah. Came out, Brian, not so much. I tuned into... A couple of days before it came out, I tuned into Giant Bomb were doing, once the embargo lifted, they were doing a live quick look to show you the game in action, and I tuned in just in time to hear Jeff Gertzman say, this game makes me sad. <laughs> right. Uh, the more I watch of this game, Brian, the more it feels like a half-finished PS2 game. It looks like hot garbage. Yeah, it looks like hot fucking garbage. It looks like... One of the first things I saw after that quick look, Eurogamer did a two and a half minute montage of all the times the physics in that game broke. Where you would sink into a half pipe, where you'd be going along the ground, no obstacles in the way, and spontaneously the board comes out from underneath you and Tony Hawk ragdolls onto the floor. Stuff like that. Real stupid shit. That is just basic at this point. Like, that kind of would have been really ludicrous even if it had happened on the PS2. Right? So, this kind of stuff, and like, you can tell, and I was saying this to you before, you can tell that they had a lot of ideas for this kind of socially connected version of the games people loved so much. But at a certain point, you can tell, right, they had all these great ideas and they started going great guns with it. And then at a certain point, it just looks like they stopped about halfway through and went, Stood back, looked at him and yeah, close enough. <laughs> and then shipped it. And you think, why, Brian? Why on earth would you f- ship a half finished game? Well, my friend, someone went and dug up a press that, release. Yes. Yeah? No, Activision actually. Hello. <laughs> right? Because you're gonna be someone went and dug up a press release. And this is when Tony Hawk extended the long-term contract he had with Activision to make Tony Hawk's Pro Skateboard Games. Can you swing a wild fucking guess as to what year that deal expires? Oh, sorry. Couldn't
2: even couldn't even think of an idea there.
0: 2015, right? This year. Shut the front door. So apparently this deal is coming up due within the next month or two so basically if this this game did not get released in Q4 2015 they were just going to have to sit on it forever now you might argue in the sake of kind of like would you not be mortified shipping a game this broken that would get like the publicity is going to be this bad on it but as I said like from a purely business standpoint it's just going to be like right we can either cut our losses and stop or we can try and like I wouldn't say con, con is too hard a word but kind of like Hope that someone is curious enough by playing a terrible game to make us a little bit of our money back.
2: Like, Could you not just have been in two years released, you know, uh, Honey Talks, <laughs> Pro Skateboards, you know?
0: Oh, I love Honey Talk, man. <laughs> Honey
2: Talk, man.
0: <laughs> I'm um yeah, it's a it's a real I urge I people, like it is hysterically funny how bad that game is. Uh even the incredible added feature of being able to play as Lil Wayne can't save this game, my friend. Lil Wayne can't save this game. You can't oh, man. there's no hope for it. There's no hope. There's no hope for it. Moving on, one of your favourite games that coming out this year. I'm sure you're hotly anticipating that uh Call of Duty Black Ops 3. So <sighs> And this is something that uh, hits close to both of us, being fans of single-player campaigns and not being mad on the multiplayer online experience. Uh, old consoles, it's the PS3 and the Xbox 360, are fixing to only get the multiplayer version. There will be no campaign included on their version of Call of Duty Black Ops 3. And uh, for this, they have decided, oh, we're not including a major part of the game that some people really enjoy, so we'll knock $10 off the price of the game for last generation. Never mind that, generally, the games should be a little bit cheaper on last generation anyway, because it's last generation. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Uh,
2: Like, I don't know, man. I mean, thinking about, like, you know, is the argument to be made that, you know, oh, well, you know, the multiplayer has to be, can only go, be so pretty... Because it has so much air online, so it's not that much effort to have it ported back to the old, to the last gen. A lot made, of stress made, can
0: be taken on server side.
2: Yeah, like that we made the campaign so pretty and so big and so awesome, you know, that oh, it just it wouldn't, it couldn't, we couldn't, you know, backwards compatible. And I kind of like,
0: like, I mean, we've come from. Or is the case of. Activision being well aware of what the majority of the audience are there for and not being fucked. Spending time and resources porting the campaign mode to last generation. Like
2: What's scary about this to me is like that the, you come know, already from a time when the online multiplayer was a small part of an FPS. Yeah. And now we're at a stage where the online multiplayer, you know, at least a stage where the online multiplayer was like at least 50%. Yeah. Not in terms of, because obviously, like, you know, with FPS, uh, the campaign tends to be about 6 to 10 hours. yeah, And then you get endless hours out of the online thing. But I mean, like in terms of your paying... my mind, you know, I got to the point where I was paying for 50-50 at one point. I was paying 50% for the campaign, 50% for the online. Now I know it's probably swinging more other way than probably about our 75s. I, just, I fear a time when we end up getting a game where there is no campaign. You know, well, oh, may online. I introduce
0: you to Titanfall? Mm. Yeah,
2: may i, I introduce you success.
0: to may i introduce you to pretty much destiny yeah i get
3: yeah
0: destiny by now well like if you think about the amount of money they put into it mm. no
3: like, but I, I at least apparently
0: destiny money. is expanded now like they filled in so much with dlc that apparently now it's a Decent yeah, game. Yeah, it's still like hundred and twenty quid to buy the fucking. Well, game uh, no, no, you can no, you can buy it all now in the pack for like AG something. Yeah, I think. Like, now I just haven't taken. I know, has come out.
2: I I know, I personally know, no, like I <coughs> personally know, all of, like talk to people, and <laughs> uh, I know nobody who actually not only plays like this game but enjoys this game. Like I keep seeing so much fucking shit about it. I open up IGN. Oh my god, there's so much fucking Zer who the fuck is Zer? Who the fuck gives a shit who Zer is like? You know, um all this fucking cack like and I've yet to hear the sound the word listening to from it. And I mean you know, I seem to recall on the ps 3 there was I've been thinking trying to remember the name of it and I'm pretty sure it begins with them, but there was some game where there was this whole like oh it's online only so we can get fit like thirty six people into a game, you know, and, Ooh uh, and it was like complete fashion. Plan. I remember when like, I bought it on PS Four. It was one of the early launch, t- early towards the launch titles, I think. Steel or metal, some shit like that was called. Completely, no big franchise thing. Bam, like it was never an area. It was like the public enemies of video games. <laughs> uh, no, sorry, it was like the new world of video games, and um, but.
0: Yeah, they're gonna. my my top whole top thing, my whole thing is like, obviously, we're in a minority of people who much prefer campaigns over. Like video games, very Like there were some older shooters where I really enjoyed the multiplayer uh, almost as much, if not more, than the campaign. The one I'm thinking of in particular, because I'm trying to think what you were talking there of a time in my life where I might prefer multiplayer in a game to single player, and the only one I can really think of, and this is really going to tug on the heartstrings of a lot of older gamers, Time players too. Ties winners 2 was the fucking shit my friend those were the days right uh, playing multiplayer but that was like that was couch co-op that wasn't online because yeah, well, this was know. back in the day where you needed to buy a modem separately for a PlayStation 2 If yeah. <laughs> you yeah. wanted yeah. to play any sort yeah. Of, yeah. of game yeah. the only
2: multiplayer was
0: couch co-op and that's the
2: way we <laughs> liked it
0: yeah <laughs> you know? but uh, no like I, I look at games and it's kind of sad like the likes of uh, the two big ones from this generation really are Titanfall and Evolve, games that came out that had scant to no attempt at a single player campaign. One and That I think I would almost certainly have picked up both if there was some sort of robust campaign to them. The one that's coming out this in Q4 this year that I'm really upset doesn't have a single player game, Star Wars Battlefront. Not a big Star Wars guy, it but looks great, it looks fantastic, but again, I'm not I like I want a single player mode. I want to be able to get into that world and not have people fucking bothering me.
2: Yeah, like, I mean, I don't want my fun game experience being dependent on other people. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong, like, Battlefield 3 would be my my high (laughs) watermark for online experience. And I mean, when you have, you find a server with good people in it, uh, or you can bring friends on to play, which you believe in, you're still dependent on all the other people. Um, Oh my god, man, to me, it's amazing. It's I mean, like, and like Battlefield 3 was a game where the online was tailored for that kind of experience to incorporate proper people, to have it to play in four, your 16-man uh, team, divided play in four-person squads, but uh, you can like, micro only between them and that. And I mean, we used to have, like, 3 we squad, line, 4 four-person, we thought we be, thrilled, start to be by a randomer, who wouldn't know what the fuck's going on, because we'd be going, I'd be quoting the same of people, boss, we'd things. machine yeah. things. It'd be great, crack. And at the same time, you go into some matches, and you've got it's fast, trying to snipe when it's a fucking rush game and you're in the attacking team. It's like, no, you have to run forward, man, to progress this game. Like, you know, yeah. I don't want to spend top dollar. I don't want to download the game. I don't want to get familiar with the controls. I don't want to even think about liking it if, you know, I have a hit and miss chance to enjoy my playing session.
0: Based because on who you get people. thrown in a lobby with. Because other
2: people are cons, man.
0: Yeah, people are the worst. Um, yeah, like, I always like, if I want to... Dabble in multiplayer. It's going to be in a game where I've been able to enjoy the world, get engrossed in it. I just feel like I'm landed in there, and there's no nothing really kind of pulling me in. I'm not going to stay there. Do you know what I mean? Like Titanfall looked the fucking business.
2: Oh, that was for me. I was well agonizing trying to side consoles at that point. Yeah. And then, and then it
0: came out, and it's like I heard about the like the attempt at any sort of campaign mode in it, and I was like, no, sorry, same with Evolve. Evolve looked really cool.
2: Yeah, Evolve was like, I've reading about Evolve, and apparently like, it's a hardcore esport now, I mean, like even if you weren't willing to go just for any you know, co-op, like, that's not enough, you have to be fucking masterful good at it, Would you not get with practice, and the only way you're going to have a fun experience is that if you and mates form a fucking team, to
0: balance out all the required different character passes to get yeah. all the needed things there to be able to succeed at it. Yeah. Um, so we, we'll put them in and leave that there for now. But uh, it's kind right. of uh, speaking of Call of Duty, Call of Duty did a boo boo in the last week or so uh, with their PR, Brian. Yeah. I'm going to read this. This is how much of a shitstorm this kicked up. This comes from BBC, right? A terror attack has taken place in Singapore, all part of a controversial web campaign to launch the newest title from popular Call of Duty video game franchise. I just love when an article is written either from the point of view of someone who has never picked up a, a controller in their life, or for someone writing it to appeal to the person who has never picked up a console in their li- or controller in their life popular call of duty video game franchise just that phrase there is kind of nice set in singapore during the year 2065 call of duty black ops 3 begins with a mission where players must investigate the mysterious disappearance of a cia station Ahead ahead of its worldwide release on the 6th of november u.s based games maker activision launched a series of tweets setting up the opening scene for a fictional attack in singapore While the tweets aimed to tease fans and also introduce new characters to the game, many social media users were unimpressed at the way things were playing out on Twitter, saying the scenario was in bad taste. Basically, Call of Duty, for those who missed this, Call of Duty changed the complete appearance of their Twitter page, with the exception of of their Twitter username was still at Call of Duty, to the current events aggregate, which you've informed me is the news station... It's supposed in, to be the CIA and the world in this game. Yeah, yeah, as far as I gather. Right. And they started reporting on this terrorist attack in Singapore. So some sample kind of tweets coming from here. Update. Sources confirm explosion took place at Singapore research laboratories belonging to Coalescence Corporation. Update. Riot police have dispersed rioting mobs to the southwest of Chinatown using LRAD sonic area control weapons. All sorts of kind of uh, this quarantine zones, stuff like that real kind of like playing it dead serious and stuff like that not tongue in cheek or anything oh, man, like that oh
2: man you know it was cool War let's try that yeah
0: my whole thing about this was I know this was a game when you see at Call of Duty I know what this is even without knowing what the current events aggregate is you know what this is but my kind of for instance here would be if I retweeted this kind even of as of if to point it. out but if, even if I retweeted it ironically to point out the state of this as a desperate attempted viral marketing and say my auntie who uses twitter saw this and didn't know what call of duty was as she probably wouldn't and had friends in Singapore she might get a bit panicky and start ringing Singapore in the middle of the night thinking her friends had been blown up um, to me it's incredibly poor taste, Such bad taste uh, when viral marketing is done right it's fantastic it gets the hype going um, like the the one I, I consider it was like a high watermark for me for uh, viral marketing is the uh, the Kaiju updates for Pacific Rim they were fucking one amazing features, the monsters? Gotham Cable News building up to Dark Knight or the Watchmen motion comic episodes that were released in the buildups the Watchmen movie um, these are good attempts at, kind of, like, thinking outside the box with your PR. Yeah,
1: like, I mean,
2: like, I understand, like, if so you have to take the Cloud G one, like, okay, yeah, you're using the same, the, the language of the action report, live disaster news. Yeah. But you plonk a great big dinosaur-like monster in the middle of the screen, or, yeah. you know, it's elbow, or whatever the fuck, like, so, you know, people get the gist of it. This was just, it was sneaky, and cheap, and frankly, lazy in yeah. terms of viral marketing, like if you're going to do viral marketing that you can have all this shit like use in-game engine gameplay graphics and make your fucking little news video showing, you know, from behind the police precaution, riot ticker tape lines of people throwing Molotovs and shit like that and have it be game graphics so people can see this is a video game you know, not a fucking bland little series of fucking lazy ass tweets say, you know, playing on the current... Atmosphere of tension and fear in the modern world where terror attacks are happening all the fucking time like, you know It's yeah, it's lazy. It's cheap. It's an incredibly bad taste and Shame on activism quite frankly man.
0: Yeah, do you know what is the best way to advertise your game to make people buy it? Is to invest your money in making a really good video game and then just show it to people I encourage them to buy it. um,
2: When you on with that game, No Man's Sky.
0: Yes, Where did that thing. Please, please (laughs) don't get my uh, my emotions going here with No Man's Sky. Oh, that game. Sean, oh, please. But let's move on to... Uh, Give us the fucking game, Sean. <laughs> let's move on to...
2: What's in the box? Is it the game?
0: <laughs> let's move on to more incredibly depressing news. The final nail might be in the coffin of the PlayStation Vita, my friend. Now, you're, you not,
1: love your
2: Vita?
0: you're not a Vita owner. I'm a Vita owner. I love my Vita. I think more people should play the Vita. I think yeah, the You should use that your Vita. Yeah, I think the Vita is the most impressive handheld device that's ever been made. I think the... The actual horsepower you can get out of that tiny machine is incredible. And like you really like, like it shits like much as the kind of I would say Nintendo have a much better IP on their handheld. The Vita just shits all over the D- the 3DS. It really does. It's not even close. And like you get, you really rake in with the PSN 3 games. Yeah, the, the PS the PS Plus games getting two of them a month does not hurt. But even still, like you've seen that I bought. Many games for it as well. You know what I mean? Like I, plenty of use it. Maybe anytime i on, a, anytime I'm on a long commute, it's usually, it's usually in my backpack when I go to college. If I'm going on commute, if I go on holidays, the beat is coming with me. You know, it's a great little handheld. It's just a shame that like, for many reasons, it's just it's not really taken off at any point. Um, But the reason we're bringing this up is because uh, President of Sony Worldwide Studios, Shui Yoshida, was talking at an EGX event last week, this story coming to us courtesy of The Verge, and uh, he's basically said here that uh, the mobile gaming market, he has said, for kind of want of a better term, has killed the Vita. Uh, has killed the market for handheld gaming. So mm-hmm. And to an extent, that's true. I like, I like You hear a lot if you, re- if you talk to, or you, not even talk to, if you hear about gaming journalists that travel to and from Japan, they're on public transport in Japan, everyone's playing on the mobile. You might see a few DSs around, and then, like, I think Colin Moriarty, formerly of IGN now, kind of funny, who's a big kind of Vita proponent as well, said I think the entire the entire time he was in Japan last time he saw one Vita. Um so And that kid looked really uncool. <laughs> yeah. This is the thing, like the Vita's never really taken off. Like at the start they were kind of putting a bit of effort into it, like I told you, a Killzone game came out on it. Don't they put DVDs like movies on those? No, that was that was PSP, the UMD movies. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, that was a whole thing. Those UMDs, but this is kind of like the system for now. They look the car, the thing that the game come on look like little micro SD cards. They're really handy. Um, like another one of the things that's really annoying is that the the SD cards that's that have the memory for the Vita on them uh, is proprietary. So you can't just buy any micro SD, and the Sony micro SDs are quite expensive. But, um, yeah, mobile games, I suppose that's part of it. I wouldn't necessarily go along with you, Shida, here fully. I wouldn't say mobile games are entirely what killed the Vita. I would say it's certainly part of it. But I think a lot of it has to come down to, yeah, at the start they were going great guns. They put a Killzone game on it. They put an Uncharted game on it. So it's like proper... AAA, I, like, first-party IP that they treasure. It costs a lot of money. Like, Uncharted games don't come out all the time. There's only been four of them, if you include that Vita one. One, two, three, 2, and yeah, Golden Abyss is the one that's on Vita. Killzone as well. We've had five Killzone games. Killzone's one, oh. two, three. Shadowfall on PS4. And then Mercenaries is the one that came out on Vita. And both of those very good games. They were 2 Raider one as well. Jesus, I don't know. I don't think. I don't think. I don't know. I don't know. I know there's a Tomb Raider uh, tablet game coming out, uh, Tomb Raider Go or something, Lara Croft Go. But anyway, yeah. (laughs) Anyway, um. Yeah, it's just a shame. Uh, for me, like I think a lot of things have killed it. Like the fact that even though it is the more powerful handheld, the fact that like if you look at the two libraries I'm looking at. The first like if you look and see which one has the first party behind it, there's the thing. Pokemon, Mario, all that sort of shit. Like Nintendo, because they don't really have a third-party support, their first party is behind it, like you better believe. Um and it's just a shame, like, because what Vita has become in the absence of AAA development happening for it is a really cool indie machine. Like when we're gonna talk about one of the PS Plus games for this one, the Super Meat Boy, when that comes out. I'm playing that on my Vita. Like I'm down, I'm I'm gonna download it for my PS4 because it'll be cross buy But I'm gonna be playing it on my Vita mostly because like that screen is so cool for that kind of game. Uh, like Shovel Knight, Shovel Knight came out. Shovel Knight's a fucking brilliant game and it's like one of my favourite games I play in a good while. Yeah, because you were excited for it. No, <laughs> I know, yeah. But I'm totally gonna be playing that more on my Vita. As soon as um and I haven't actually checked to see if it finally is available, Axiom Verge is gonna be available on Vita as well, and you know, I love me some Axiom Verge. out more Axiom Verge. Right? I love me some Axiom Verge, but when that comes out in Vita, I'm going to be playing the fuck out of that on a Vita. Um, Yeah, it's just a shame. Um, and he's basically, Shu in that same interview has basically said that, yeah, don't hold your breath for a Evita too. Uh, he said that the climate does, just doesn't suit it, it's not going to come out. Um, And that's, I suppose, from a business point of view, like, why would you throw your money down the hole if... Like, and I wouldn't say that they're looking at going, oh, we've tried everything we can. I don't think they have. I Like, I think they really abandoned first-party development for that before they should have. Like, they should have really kept trying to plug away at that. Uh, But they have. They've made that decision, and I suppose from their perspective, it's like, why keep trying to flog a dead horse when the PS4 has no games coming out for it and is still selling massively? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, the only... The only first-party exclusive games that have uh, like by kind of in yeah first-party exclusive games that have come out in the back half of the year on PlayStation are Until Dawn and the Uncharted Collection, a trilogy of games that were already out on the last console. You know, so and it's still miles in front of Xbox. So it's it's crazy. Like you know, why would they kind of throw money at the Vita when they're why just losing they it? Why they the prize? Yeah, exactly. Uh, So moving on to slightly happier news, Brian. The last two uh, bits here. PlayStation Plus games for October revealed. Um, Those games, the the headliners here are Super Meat Boy, which we already talked about, and Mark halfway around the world will have no way to download it and is going to be terribly upset about that. And Broken Age, a game brought to you by uh, a great man, Tim Schafer, he of Grim Fandango fame. Grim Fandango! So, yeah, Broken Age. Those are the two headliners there, and those are kind of... uh they're, they're, you know, it's not the, as said, it's excited, not the strongest I'm lineup, but I'm excited for Super
2: Meat Boy, not because I know anything about Super Meat Boy, but yeah. because surely just uh, the cultural penetration
0: of Super, of Super, Super Meat, Boy. Meat Boy,
2: I know what it looks like, I mean, come on, his name is Super Meat Boy. Indeed. Oh, all down do that. like?
0: Uh, then there's one which I didn't think uh, I was going to enjoy, but then once I read past the uh, the title of it, I was like, yes, this sounds great. Unmechanical Extended Edition for PS4 and PS3 is a game about the adventure of a little helicopter trapped in a strange world. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, okay. Then there's Kickbeat, which is a rhythm game on Vita and PS3. Kung Fu Rabbit is coming out. Uh, Chariot uh, is a co-op game that's coming out as well. So, uh, yeah, there are your six games for this month. Broken Age, Super Meat Boy, Unmechanical Extended, Kickbeat, Kung Fu Rabbit, and Chariot. Moving on... And this, like, of all the things, Brian, right, that we missed out on with the first recording, this is the bit I'm saddest about. Because I read you this story the first time, and the fucking hilarity of this. Story, this is the greatest story I've read in a long, long time uh, to do with video games. So this comes from Kotaku.com and uh, Patrick Klepek, who's their kind of their their main news hound, for want of a better term. So. A man by the name of Complexity took to Twitter last week, Brian, and decided to start uh, tweeting Techland, the developers of Dying Light. Dying Light was a game that came out in January and for me, it's on that list of... It's on that list for me when the conversation comes at the end of the end of the year's top game of the year. Dying Light is definitely coming up on there for me. So, he starts tweeting them about how and how he does disclose to Patrick Leppig he was a bit drunk when he <laughs> did this. He started tweeting, uh, but yeah, he does, he starts tweeting at uh, Techlands, just saying that he's, he's spotting flaws in this game, Brian. So what he's doing is, oh he's starting don't. to post screenshots. No, not with the guns, not necessarily with the... You know, you'd is think if you're going to start pointing, the pointing the flaws one. in the logic of the game, you're not going to go, firstly, this is a world infested with zombies. Okay. I have yet to find any zombies in real life. No, he's going for something a bit different. Um he's got a bit of a background in electric electrical engineering, so he noticed Uh, some transformers in the game some auto transformers weren't wired correctly for how they should be in real life so it's still funny man it's still fucking
1: funny second time around it's still fucking
0: hilarious he started posting screenshots of auto transformers in Iran in the game (laughs) and comparing them side by side with actual transformers and going no do you see how they're wired in this one this is bollocks (laughs) basically right Uh so it keeps going he goes he's basically going like they don't appear to be connected connected to anything is the main thrust of his argument they don't appear to be connected to anything so this is what this is what uh complexity writes. where's the power coming from they said it doesn't appear to be generated anywhere no dams no natural gas no coal no nuclear nothing maybe they'll get into that later in the game but it probably won't if i have to guess the big substation would be the reason for the whole city or uh, the power of the whole city or whatever But that's not how substations work. Substations move power, either stepping it up or stepping it down. Hence, transformers. They step it up to big power lines or step it down to little power lines. The point is, they don't generate power. And then he follows that up with a screenshot of a set of transformers with no fault protection. It appears to be four-phase, he says. So, basically, he's tweeted them. I think, uh, from what I read, this went on for over half an hour. He was going on, right? It was on a roll... But Patrick Kleppick of Kotaku.com is a diligent journalist, Brian, so he decided to reach out to Techland for comment. Allow me to read directly because I cannot do this any better justice than just reading directly from the story here. Flushed with knowledge of this egregious error, my journalistic instincts kicked in and I emailed Techland. Knowing they'd be caught, Techland came clean and issued a wide ranging statement about its lax approach to authenticity this is the best like i love when video games respond to this mad shite so they said techland said this okay the cat is out of the bag yeah it's true our electrical systems break conventional design but when you're stuck in a zombie outbreak you're going to have to adapt and therefore bypass certain rules the people of haran have had to apply a really resourceful design which required the existing infrastructure to be tweaked that's why when you look at haran the current electrical, or when you look at the current electrical setup in Haram, things appear wrong. We didn't want this groundbreaking design out of the public, out in the public, before we could patent it. But your interest has shown us that the electrical engineering world as a whole needs to know that there are other ways to generate electricity, despite conventional knowledge. Feel free to share this with your fellow engineers. Story doesn't even stop there, Brian, because what what Techland did was then. They released a video and to describe this video in a very play-by-play format with the screen hidden from you here it opens on a shot at night in Iran you know the terrifying nighttime when all the scary zombies come out and they're showing these transformers that they talked about that appeared to be connected to nothing but they're showing that there's a wire coming from these transformers Brian very exciting runs across the ground and go, where are these wires leading Obviously, leading to somewhere we're gonna find out where the power is from and then the camera pans out to reveal zombies running in giant hamster wheels. <laughs> it's no running, with like, with running on. With carcasses of rotten meat being dangled in front of them that they're just running after. Like and then, action or in-game practice? Oh, in-game. It's it's in-engine. Which is like, almost like, it almost would have been easier to get a giant hamster wheel than just an actor. But yeah, the, the idea they... <laughs> They, they just went to this trouble. is amazing. And everyone involved in this is everyone zero. The best was, and this was a bit of follow-up that I hadn't even noticed before, Complexity responded to this. He goes, I just have to admit, said Complexity, the electrical engineer that kicked all this off, that if a zombie apocalypse is all it takes to push human ingenuity to the point that they reached in this game, generating power for free, wireless power transmission, I think I speak for my colleagues in saying, bring on the zombies. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, bring on the zombies for a cleaner, better world.
2: No, we can't. No, my apologies, in abroad. We need him in Ireland to
0: a, keep us alive. A Techland spokesperson was asked for a comment on all these developments in the story, and he said, "We're totally open to any investors who want to buy this flawless design for from us for heaps and heaps of cash. <laughs> this will then let us fund our other great ideas, like a Dying Light theme park, Dying Light a VR farm simulator experience, and Dying Light the sitcom." <laughs>
2: I <laughs> oh, want time this. It comes
0: uh, so officially on record. Uh, that's Techland, a great bunch of lads.
2: Great bunch of lads, what?
0: <laughs> um, so, without further ado, we're going to head to our last news feature of this uh, of the week, and that is. Normally we just read a kind of a couple of bit a few of his messages out, but this week, Brian, we're joined live via satellite. We're gonna cut right now to a pre-recorded segment that didn't skip, thankfully, because we <laughs> recorded it on Mark's side of things. <laughs> Mark Robinson joining us this week for the Mark Robinson Oriental Odyssey Update.
3: Let's say China. China, China,
2: China, 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 China.
0: Hello and welcome to this week's Mark Robinson Orient this week's edition I am joined live via satellite by Mark Robinson. Mark Robinson how the hell are you
3: um well it's it's three o'clock in the morning and I'm now wide awake so I can only presume that after about six weeks of being here that uh, my body clock is still quite quite fucked um but i'm I'm doing well um I think. My throat sounds a little bit sore. My voice is quite deep at the moment, deeper than usual. So it's usually a sign that I'm about to get a cold, which is handy because uh, China is celebrating uh, what they call their national day, uh, where they have a week off. And it's kind of like the only proper uh, time that I have off between now and when I finish in January. So that's handy as I'm about to kind of go traveling for the next three or four days. But yeah, uh you know, I, I can't complain. Life is grand. Um I've heard I've heard no end of recommendations for the
0: idea of travelling while you're sick. It seems like a great thing to do.
3: It's oh yeah, absolutely. It's the best. Makes you really feel alive. So
0: you you've been there six weeks now, Mark, and this is the first time we've heard your dulcet tones on the show since you've been gone. Dulcet or um, just dull? Does I, it? Look, I think I think we're all admirers of the Mark Robinson tone, like oh. silk. Oh shush! Um, so, get, catch us up some some highlights so
3: far of your uh, experience on the other side of the world. Oh my words, where to start? Um, well, first of all, it, it must be said that um, the, the Chinese folk, and certainly where I am, are a they're a wonderful um, group of people, very warm, very receptive. Like um, you describe the Chinese as a great bunch of lads uh, they are absolute hashtag a sound bunch of lads uh they've just oh, they've been very very nice they have been very welcoming to me um people have kind of stopped just asking oh can I can I take a photo with you, which is usually followed by "Oh my English is so poor, and I'm like, well, you just fucking ask me if you want a photo if i could, if you can have a photo, so your English is better than my Chinese. Um, they don't really understand the concepts of that, but I, I try my best to explain it to them. And, uh, yeah, we, we've had, you know, a few people here and there help us about where they can, um, with either limited English or very good English in some cases. Um, my students in general are, uh, they're a good crack, as you might say, um, mm-hmm. Uh, quite a few of them I've just been able to have like a kind of general conversation with them and I, and I was talking to some of my teachers about this because I have like an hour's lecture that I have with the fucking teachers which is not exactly something I was preparing for when I came out here and I was just kind of saying to them that uh, when I found out that I had um, a college and had English majors that I was like I, I still didn't know what to expect I was expecting either Still, to be teaching them very basic English, or t- teaching them Shakespeare, like one end or the other, and they were like, "No, you, you would never be fucking teaching them Shakespeare." Their exact words. And uh, but you know, some of them have a pretty good grasp of the English language, and most of them just want to just have like a general conversation with me, which is kind of hard when you've got about thirty kids per classroom. It's not exactly easy to go around to each of them. But where I can, I'll I'll try and just sort of have like a a general chat with them. And uh, yeah, I just kind of want to ask questions about England and our culture that are slightly more advanced than Do You Know the Queen? So they've got one up on the Americans. (laughs) So well done, China. You're making me proud. And yeah, it's been nice to talk about some of the good parts of England because Lord knows I back home might take most of that for granted. And, uh, and it's been good to talk a little bit more about Hertfordshire uh, than just specifically London, you know, just trying to big up my home, ca- home, c- home, ha- <laughs> home county. Um, and yeah, they just, they're just very fascinated with me as an English person. And it's very, very weird being a foreigner, uh, a foreigner in a foreign land, uh, because kind of you know, I'd walk around in London and you see every race, every color, every language you might think of. And here I'm one of about five or six foreigners, one of about five or six foreigners in uh, in the city of Diyang, where I live. Um, so many, many strange looks, many, many curious looks, uh, and they're all a good laugh. Um, I saw baby pandas. They're very cute. I can confirm. I believe you did My confirm friend. this on the show. I, I did indeed. Life yep. goal achieved. Yeah, life goal achieved. If yet a high five one, but um I did see the the greatest scaffold match since uh the Road Warriors and the Midnight Express. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Taking
3: it was uh it, it, was, it was pretty serious.
0: Um these, these scaffold matches, they're life shorteners, it's no wonder they're in danger.
3: <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, the food here is is pretty fucking sublime. Um, I, I'm going to struggle to have any kind of Chinese food when I go back home. Um, which is it's the kind of thing you expect when you have the food of a country in their actual country. Uh, it, it, it's it's always usually a bit better. Um, so my chicken chow mein when I get back home, it's probably not going to cut it quite the same as uh, as it is out here. <laughs> Um, I had one, uh, student of mine ask me, oh, so back home, would you have, uh, rice or noodles every day for dinner? And no, no, I fucking would not. And Lord knows I look forward to a day where that's not a concept anymore. Um, <laughs> you know, things you, like... You did say something to the effect
0: of, you You messaged me one evening, uh, and I, I want to say it was this, it was that you would gut somebody for a pizza? Uh,
3: yeah, along those lines. Um, I, I... There is um there is a Pizza Hut in my city, and uh, in China they view Pizza Hut as uh, the equivalent of like going to the Ritz. It's it's a delicacy out here. It's um me and me and my Australian friend that I've made. We plan on uh, going up suited and booted with a bottle of champagne to a Pizza Hut one evening because uh, they like to do it in style out here. But I have been for Pizza Hut out here, and I can confirm it is as. Much garbage as the pizza that we have back home. So at least they're you know good for consistency, yeah, uh, handsome and expensive as well for what you're paying. Um, the buses out here are um, what I like to call small near death experiences um, or chastening experiences each and every time. Uh, the the roads out here they are a law unto themselves, and. Um, it's, it's interesting, it's like everyone drives in this kind of mini chaotic state, yet because everyone's doing it, everyone has an understanding, um, and it's just as natural to see someone who drives normally, which is my teachers, thank fuck, when we've been driving, as it is to see a man in the middle of a, like an intersection on a freeway, on his moped, on his phone with cars flying past him either way as naturally it is to see four people on an electronic moped. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, you've probably seen uh, video clips of, um, like traffic in India or, or people on mopeds or anywhere in kind of Southeast Asia. And it's, yeah, the, it's kind of the same in, in China. or well, certainly where I'm in the Yang, it's like the roads are developed enough that, you know, you can actually drive about, but the actual driving is... <laughs> uh, I, I I actually, I could if I want to uh, pick up like a, a second-hand electronic moped for pretty cheap, but I choose life, so uh, I'll stick Twice. to... Yeah, I'll stick to the bus, which is... Uh, so the currency here uh, is called Yuan or Kuai, and... Um, the way I've been working out the kind of currency conversion is basically I just divide everything by 10. So one choir is about 10 pence and that's how much the bus is. So I'm just fucking just get on the bus. That'll do me. Happy with that. Yeah. I'm very, very happy with that. Uh, I think what else for experiences? Uh, there's obviously an Irish bar in the, the big city of Chiangdu. Um, yes, this is
0: this is something I wanted to get into is that okay. you have uh, now been able to verify the stereotype that no matter what dark corner hidden area out of nowhere kind of part of the world you're in there's going to be some paddies.
3: Well, to be fair, um the actual kind of Irish contingent in the bar itself was was pretty limited. Um uh, I, don't, I don't actually think there was any Irish people working there, or maybe it, they weren't there on the nights that I was there. Um, but there certainly was a couple of Irish folk um, drinking there. Um, but it's it's kind of like a, just a, a coming together of like all of the expats in Chengdu, and Chengdu is like a massive fucking city. It's it's like London on steroids. It's, it's pretty intense. Um, but you know, there's loads of people there. There's loads of English speaking Chinese people there. Um, most people like me that are like, um, foreign teachers and just whoever is foreign and working in the city, they'll tend to go there as it's like the only fucking place I can find any live sport. Um, so, you know, watching football two o'clock in the morning is, is pretty hardcore, but it, it kind of has to be done because streaming anything out here on the internet connection is a, uh, is a challenge challenge in itself. Uh, and it's amazing that this fucking core is even working right now. That's uh, the level of my wifi.
0: Yeah. And that, and that relates to something, obviously Being too, in the updates so far, the, uh, you've not exactly been able to keep up to date with your games. Have you?
3: <sighs> no. Um, I, I, to be fair, I don't know if it's, uh, and I haven't actually Googled to check, which probably I should do. Um, I don't really know what the deal is when it comes to trying to download anything out here. Um, if I'm able to do it, my Wi-Fi connection is, is just not of any capable level to do such a thing. Um, I mean, using my iPad in my room, I'm having to use my wired modem that is connected to my MacBook to steal the internet from my MacBook's to my iPad. Which is obviously not something I can do with my Vita. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I've basically been stuck with Titan Souls, Final Fantasy 7, and MS, um, Metal Gear Solid 2 II and 3. And, oh, God, there was like Savvy Gamer put up like a load of PlayStation 1 games that were going for cheap. And obviously Super Meat Boy is free in the next uh, roundup of uh, the PS Plus update. So As yeah. as we will have likely just talked about on the show not yeah. a few minutes ago. And also I managed to lose most of my 3DS games that I brought with me, which include both Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask and Star Fox uh the the Star Fox <laughs> remake. So yeah, it's uh Gaming time. Gaming is is something that isn't going to happen much, but you know, I'm I should be spending more time to Get myself ingrained in the culture and trying to learn the fucking language, which is, yeah, Mandarin. It's uh, something else. It's pretty fucking intense. Um, And and the good thing about Mandarin as well is uh, the province that I'm in, Sichuan. uh, They actually have like their own dialect, which is it's more or less like speaking another language. So not only am I having to learn the kind of proper Mandarin way of saying a word, I have to also at least try and keep in the back of my mind the Sichuan way of saying a word. uh, Because otherwise I will ask for a bottle of water and I'll get a blank fucking expression on my face. So yeah, I've come here to learn one language and I'm currently learning about fucking 12.
0: (laughs) Amazing scenes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Well, it's lucky that, uh, you know, as you're trying to get ingrained in this culture and you're, you're you know, you've, you've got that uh, kind of thing to look up to. Look, if John Cena can learn Mandarin, I can too. Well,
3: this is true. And this is, exactly so man, this is not exactly a man who has a lot of spare time. Uh, and to be fair, because uh, I'm at a college slash university, I have like fucking four lessons a week. Um, So, but I've been using that time very productively, which is mainly watching more Dragon Ball Z abridged and um, desperately staring at a blank WWE network screen as it tries to find any kind of bandwidth to uh, to load up SummerSlam or Night of Champions.
0: So, yeah, yeah, the uh, the whole uh, streaming media thing is not working so well, even on proper, legit things like the network.
3: <laughs> yeah, because that's as legit as it comes when it comes well, to it. Well, sh- you know what I mean? It, yeah. As opposed <laughs> to going to
0: your first-row sports or whatever to kind of watch your obviously.
3: pay-per-views. Yeah, it, it's very very temperamental um youtube for the most part works okay um but sometimes that i'll have to leave a video for like 10 minutes to give myself enough room to watch it in one go the network is uh it's sometimes it will work pretty smooth but i have to kind of have everything else closed uh, and then it'll kind of be okay so i managed to watch nxt this morning more or less uninterrupted um, but yeah, there are other times where just watching anything I get about seven seconds through stops for five seconds and seven seconds. And it's just, ah, oh, fuck this. Come back. Hell, to it. That,
0: that thing buffers like fuck over here as well. Yeah. <laughs> like, I had enough pretty much, pretty much what, from my understanding, unless you're using pretty much kind of, you're going to be getting some buffering.
3: Yeah. I, I had enough fucking issues back home as well. So, um, and that was with a pretty decent connection. Um, so, I mean, I think it's probably been okay today because, um, most people on the campus have gone back home. So just the collective internet juice that there is, there, there's more to distribute between the, the 12 of us that are left on campus. So make the most of it this week.
0: Anyway, then we've, we've talked now for God, 20 minutes now about, uh, your update. So I think we'll... We'll leave it at that for a while. We'll leave the tease that you're going travelling and maybe we'll catch up with you again once you're back from your uh, your escapades over your week off, whether you're sick.
3: Yeah, I'm just gonna go and uh just gonna go and look at some giant Buddha temples and feel like I I kind of understand any of it. Um and it's 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 really nice to hear your voice again, Dave. It must be said. And uh, tell oh, yours as well, my friend. Uh, well, you know, uh, and and tell uh, Brian that he's doing a fucking sterling job in uh, my absence.
0: The last thing he needs is his ego to be fed anymore. But you know, I'll pass it along, nonetheless. <laughs>
3: um, <laughs> but, um, and yes. in a uh, just one slight uh, piece of talk about games, uh, <laughs> Tony Hawk's Five. Tony Hawk's Five. What the fuck happened <laughs> there? <laughs> we're getting into that in the news
0: headlines this week oh, I, yeah, I look forward to it what a piece of fucking garbage that is oh boy actually yeah that is that is what I, uh, I want to ask if you have a very quick maybe 30 seconds to a minute any thoughts uh, because you're going to be the last segment before we segue nicely into it um, any thoughts you want to throw in on Bron- uh the game of the week which is Dead Space
3: Dead Space oh Jesus Christ um <laughs> Um, very intense uh, not my go to kind of game you know that sort of survival horror genre but um, certainly uh, when the first Dead Space came out it was kind of a proper kind of jolt in the arm for that genre um, and uh, as usual by the third game oh you find fighting the moon of course kind of something got lost along the way but certainly go back and play that kind of first one, and I remember that the intro to Dead Space Two was pretty friggin' intense as well. So yeah, good game.
0: Okay, well, thank you for that. Uh, that'll serve nicely to kind of dovetail into our final feature of the week. But uh, for now, Mark Robinson, thank you very much for joining us on the show. Not so on far- your show,
3: oh yeah, well, our show, our,
0: our show, yes, indeed. But yeah. you, you know what I mean. You, you, we, we we hopefully haven't
3: yet. No, 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 not at all, not at all, you did a fine job in my absence. Well, thank you, friend. You're very welcome. And we shall speak again. Until next time.
0: So now, unfortunately, you're back with me and Brian here, having just heard the dulcet tones of the young Mark Robinson away there in China. Uh, Currently now, uh, as of uh, last checking in with his social media presence, he is quite drunk. Yeah, he did a big alcohol study so Yeah, uh, he complained on Facebook earlier this evening of uh, he has been given too much alcohol, and the last I saw was him semi-conscious on Snapchat. <laughs> 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 so, yeah, he's having a great time out there in China. We'll hopefully have him on a bit more in future. But um, I suppose we'll go to the main event of the evening, uh, and that is... This week's uh, Link to the Cast Book Club feature, and this week we're talking about a game that Brian has brought to the table, and that game is Dead Space.
3: The USG Ishimura. The biggest planet cracker in her class. Why is it all dark? I don't see any running lights. This is beautiful. Hold By Maritime Law, Article 5469. I hereby declare Captain Benjamin Mathias unfit for duty. The marker must be delivered to the church. I'm sorry, Bender but I can't let you do this.
2: USG Ishimura, this is the emergency maintenance team of the USG Kellyan responding to your distress call. Come in, Ishimura. So, Book Club time. Uh, this week I chose Dead Space. Indeed. Um Game of still getting high book club things, we're gonna try to start right this time, because we got gonna really do gears of warsaw. So. Dead Space, released in 2008, from what is now Visceral Games, was then EA of Redwood Shores. Mm-hmm. Chemical platforms. Science fiction, survival horror video game. That's what the Wikipedia page is Boy words! Boy words. man words! Yeah. Simply put, um, you are Isaac Clarke. Uh, not a plucky space marine. of The future, you're an engineer. You're a nerd. Uh, you've got a cool armor suit. You walk incredibly slowly, and uh, you're basically trapped on this ship, the Ishimura. Uh, you arrive on a spaceship, uh, it gets wrecked, uh, you're here to save the, solar ship, the spaceship, the Ishimura, you get trapped on it, bad shit happens. Um, to me, kind of, I fucking love this game, um, I will not even into the story that much,
0: because you know, yeah, give us give,
2: a, game. Give, give us give us a taster. Taster, sorry. Right? Well, the that really sticks in my memory, I usually does with games like this. You know, this about me. I love the, when a game starts off on the right note. And yeah. uh, for me, where where the key word is horror. First impressions horror. are key. Yeah, first impressions are key. And when you're seeing this game is a horror game, I want to be scared. And yes, is scared the pants off me.
1: Yeah. Like for you, you're benchmark for scary games, is Silent Hill 2. I still haven't played that
2: game. A little bit to start once, and um, for me, it's going to be dead space. Possibly playing the close second to Condemned, but it's a different kind of scary. to Condemned, yeah. Uh, yeah. There's lots of jump scares. You know the Necromorph alien things in the ship, which it, they jump out of beds and that attack you. But for me, the bit that got me was waiting for that to happen. Like when you break it down, like you're basically trying to find out what's gone on, what's happened, why was this ship the issue, or um, left derelict, like, where all these weird necromorph alien things coming from, uh, and you're trying to survive, get your groups as far as you back together, and get out alive. Um, so that end basically, uh, you're coming around the place, you're going on
1: your missions, you're there's light like RPG elements, you're upgrading your gear, um, and it's kind of, it's very ad hoc, kind of
2: you know you're not. Like I said, you're not the fucking Space Marine guy, you're a dude in the wrong place, at the wrong time, trying to make the most of the situation and survive. You're using, you know, mining tools, plasma cards and things like that. Um, and you're kind of, there's a real kind of cool, like, kind of ad-hoc, in-the-moment feel to it. Um, for me, I played this, or I really enjoyed it, and the campaign was satisfying, the gameplay was scary, it was edge of my seat scary. The story was interesting and engaging, wasn't uh, too predictable, well, didn't know exactly where everything was going, couldn't plot it out, uh, the encounters were messy, intense adrenaline surgeon, like as I said, you have your uh, plasma guards and tools and things like that, you know, improvise tools for your weapons. There is a military issue like uh, pulse rifle thing in it. And for me, kind of drawing on my first person shooter experience, I was pretty nifty with that have knee caps dismembering with, but of course ammunition not being hugely plentiful. But, you know, being enough of it, running out pretty quick, I'd have to break out the plasma car, not a great shot, i to bang one off the floor, freak out, raise my hand to high, bang one off the ceiling, then they're on you, it's bitey bitey, grabby grabby time. Yeah. You know, it's... Yeah, it's an exciting experience. Uh, I picked up then Dead Space 2, I never got more than halfway through. This series went downhill pretty fast.
0: Yeah, now, I, I do, from what I know of, because the only one in the series I've played is Dead Space, the original, from what I know, people did still love, now you're, you're, you're saying otherwise, but a lot of people still did love Dead Space 2. Whereas afraid. I think the... I, I doubt you'll find a person that disagrees with the idea that Dead Space 3 is where it really definitely went off a cliff if it hadn't already. Mm. Um, which I suppose is the shame for you as somebody who appreciated the lore. Mm. Before you played any of Dead Space 3, or do, you, do really, you know much of Dead Space 3? I
2: know I'm almost nothing the fact that it's co-op. Yeah, um, and there's microtransactions in it. Dead Space, yeah. yeah, Dead Space. Like so you want to talk
0: about something that's horror?
2: Yeah, <laughs> like Dead Space. I enjoyed initially Dead Space too. I mean, starting off again, we discussed before my right. weird kind of love for being dropped in the start of a game with no
0: love. End. A downright pan-shitting terror of
2: yeah uh, when I got, but I still like crazy experience where you get dropped in attack you have no weapons you're not sure what to do it's terrible shot
0: yeah Brian's soft spot is for um, situations in which you are unarmed And there is something, and and alone, and there's something in the shadows that is much more powerful than you. Yeah, because I'm all about (laughs) preparedness. So, like, for people who have played Bioshock or listened to the uh, episode in which myself and Mark talk about Bioshock, that moment where you get out of the bathysphere in Rapture, you don't really quite know where you are yet, apart from kind of Andrew Ryan's introduction, and you come out, and the lights are out, like, it's even in the Yeah, when the, the when the splicer, yeah, when the splicer is trying to cut through the oh, I'm um, And I'm frantically
2: panning the camera and looking. Yeah, the
0: and Atlas talks to you, and you pop the door, and you're walking around, and you've no weapon at all, and you've Atlas talking to you about how terrifying the splicers are, and you can hear the splicer taunting you from the shadows. You know, is it someone new? all this shit that's your that's what gets you
2: that really gets on the most and I mean like, I remember that experience I mean Dead Space 2 started off I mean it's it's near the top place for that kind of scenario I mean you start off you're still Isaac Clarke you're massively traumatized with the events of Dead Space 1 well, you're in a mental ward yeah you're in a straitjacket and the aliens the necromorphs start praying out nowhere just grabby grabby mighty mighty time all over again and you're in a, you're in a straitjacket you do not have the use of your arms. <laughs> now, only do do not have weapons, you do not have the use of your arms.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, and you you know, it's, you know, it's it probably me screaming at the, the control, going, run, run, move faster, move faster. <laughs> Isaac Target, the best time, doesn't move pretty fast. Yeah. Um, for me, that's never been frustrating. That's added the kind of the, the tension, the adrenaline of it. to last too lost me around halfway through when all that shit with the, um, basically the kind of implication is that the alien more things are reanimated dead people Yeah, and that it's caused by this thing called the marker this big yeah. spiky red spoilers. Piece of rock spoilers it's an incredible game already <laughs> um, this big spiky red piece of rock and there's a whole kind of weird church built up around it and shit but then you're half your dead space 2 you're kind of dealing with you know the fact that you know aliens are aliens have pounced and you have to kind of deal with the shit again and then you've got this weird these weird church people Getting onto your and players for now. I was just like, ah, oh, fuck this shit. And I
0: started playing that dead instead. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, for me, I think, like, certainly Dead Space 1, like, uh, I mean, you know, it did receive critical acclaim. I mean, let's see, what's its score? I think it's in the low 80s, I want to say, on Metacritic. Um, I think maybe 84 or something like that. And then Dead Space 2, I think, got one better, depending on what console you're looking at. Um, Just if I were to kind of uh, play devil's advocate here for you, Brian, at the moment, now, if I were to talk about my perspective on Dead Space, now, Dead Space isn't a game I, I like, have gone back and repeated or anything like that, like, I played it when it came out, and whereas it's, it, to me, it's it's fine, it's not that I regret the experience or anything like that that I've played it, but... I think where I come from on the whole survival horror genre is that I'm fairly spoiled on it because as far as I'm concerned, like Silent Hill 2, which I always bring up is so good that to me, it like is one of those rare games that transcends the medium that it is like, there are so many things about Silent Hill. Like I can never, no matter how many times I talk about Silent Hill 2 and it will be a future book club game. No matter how many times I think about Silent Hill Two, there are so uh, like there are uh, so many things I can point to about why that game is fucking pan shittingly terrifying. Like there are, I could hear like you could, I could stick in headphones and you could play a couple of bars of a random song from the soundtrack to Silent Hill Two, and I have just shot everywhere. Um, you know what I mean? The enemy dynamics, the themes of the whole thing. Um all that to me what dead space was that kind of it maybe didn't make it the lasting experience for me that seems to have resonated with you is well firstly the whole kind of being dropped in a world and being hopelessly outmatched against your enemy isn't something that like tugs on the uh, the kind of uh, scariness for me like, I see that le- less scary and more, like, kind of a problem-solving kind of thing. I don't know. It's just the way my brain's wired. Uh, I don't like that bit the start of Bioshock didn't creep me out at all. You're so hardy, a bit. No, I think it's maybe that Silent Hill 2 fucking scared me. <laughs> I think it's what it is, and I'm completely desensitized to horror. But, uh, no, what I mean is, like, going through Dead Space, what I find more to be the case, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but my kind of impression going back on it, like, kind of trying to reminisce now some years later... Um, how many years? When did it come out? 2008. 2008, so it's like seven years on now. So when I try to reminisce about Dead Space, what I remember is less the... The way Silent Hill 2 got to you was that it crept inside your head. And that's how it got me, because I don't startle very easily. Yeah. Whereas Dead Space's thing was not necessarily overly reliant on them, but certainly prominently featuring jump scares. Yeah, you no, know, I mean... And this isn't, uh, like, obviously, you know, the video games are an art form, it's subjective and stuff like mm-hmm. and that's not for me to say that your horror game is worse than my horror game. It's just, I'm explaining where I'm coming from and just yeah. saying that, like, jump scares are what I remember from Dead Space. Well,
2: so there's, like, there are, like, like, it does, I wouldn't say it relies, but, I mean, like, it, it utilizes jump scares kind of... Yeah. It, to me, Dead Space is kind of like... My favourite horror movie of all time is Alien. Mm-hmm which is a horror movie. Well, yes, it is. a haunted house movie in space. just happens to be in space. Yeah. Uh, Death Space is like Alien in that sense, where, you know, you're Ripley. Yeah. You're not equipped for this sort of thing. You have to pull yourself up by your bootstraps and, and handle the situation. Um, and, you know, the jump scares are there in Alien, yeah. you know, but the terror, the fear is the way It's because you know, because you're smart enough to know you're playing a game, it's a scary game, there's going to be jump scares, you know. Jump uh, scares have happened already. You know, there's going to yeah. be more scary when they're going to happen. And I mean, I mean
1: to me, kind of, you know, there is the old adage that the scary thing is less scary the more you see of it. Yeah,
2: you spend enough of dead space in situations where you could be a couple of minutes poised on the edge of your nerves, waiting for. Encounter to happen, yeah. And it's like, it's gonna happen now, it's gonna happen now. This spot looks like it, and the music is doing, and this spot looks perfect for it. And then, you oh, know, it didn't happen, didn't happen. Okay, it's around this corner, oh, it's around the next corner, and that like, and you know, palms sweating, you know, gun aimed, crawling along real slope when you could be doing, I like just crumpy half run.
0: Um, I just, I relish the experience, yeah. Um, and I think perhaps maybe, um. Like I said, I, like I, I'm like not saying that uh, using the jump scares or anything like that more than any other game would diminish it, but what what I maybe am kind of aiming at to, to, to kind of phrase it better is that perhaps what it harms, rather than the initial experience, because I think jump scares uh, are equally as valuable on the original playthrough, but I think maybe perhaps in terms of a game, you can't really go back to a game with, a lot of jump scares and have the same experience twice, do you know what I mean? Whereas like, what I get out of Silent Hill 2 and what I really treasure in survival horror in particular is uh, less kind of oh my god, that's a horrifying thing that's attacking me, and it's more an overall sense of dread and foreboding about what's going to happen. Like, so I'm... I've described to you before, and we've only played a little bit of it together, but we're going to sit down someday and play more of it, but the opening of Silent Hill, where basically nothing happens for about 20 minutes, and you know you're going deeper and deeper down the rabbit hole, and it's just the worst. (laughs) Like, it's the best, but it's the worst. So, like, that, because that kind of nurtures atmosphere and um, perhaps kind of it's I can still go back to that and still have that experience again whereas the jump scare thing like it's going to be great and it's a definitely recommended play through the first time but it may be not something you're going to want to eagerly play through from the start again and you're going to have the exact same experience no i mean, Do you I mean like ju- like you said jump scares get a lot less effective if they keep happening yeah so if you kind of it's not a game that you're going to replay over and over and over and over again. No,
2: it's not. But I mean, like, you know, I found in this, like, they spaced them out very nicely. Yeah. And that, you know, they're not reliant on jump scares to be the thing that happens every couple of minutes. It's not every ten pages, it needs to be an action sequence. Yeah. You know, it's it's not like that. And I mean, like, for me, I know you are saying, like, it's not so much that this big gibbering thing hops out of the wall at you. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's kind of scary. And the way it comes out is kind of scary. It's more kind of For me, like, you know, it's like, I'm not ready, I'm not ready, I'm not ready. It's, you know, I've I've run out of ammunition for uh, my my military assault rifle. I've got the plasma cutter out. You know, I've got the heavy plasma cutter out. It's only got five rounds and a clip and um, I'm running low and I'm sort of only three that I have for this weapon and the flamethrower's no good because it's too far away I don't want to get close enough to use a flamethrower so I bang one off and I miss because I'm shit with it and I put it in the floor at it's tall so I overcompensate and I point up and I bang one off the ceiling yeah. and frantically and next thing you know one round left and it's on me
0: yeah and, and that's something they kind of not being kind of nimble enough and stuff like that where like you know in a like Call of Duty or something you can precision head like a headshot and stuff like that um, I think I can relate more to that, um, that that you've kind of explained there because that's something that you'll account- encounter when you eventually when I throw the dual shot in your hands and you play Silent Hill 2 is that because um like a little bit deliberately a little bit not so much because this was the technology at the time like you navigate your Character in Silent 2 using basically tank controls Hmm. So it's hard to move around so you can't can't Yeah, you can't ably fight. It's so awkward. (laughs) Yeah, but like that what that does is that makes it even scarier that you don't want to fight Hmm. So that you need to run away or you need to hoard ammo like a son bitch because you are going to find yourself cornered more often than, than you think you are in that game. But yeah, I can definitely uh, identify with that, and that does kind of heighten the experience somewhat, when you feel like you can't just uh, pop something with a headshot from 40 yards and forwards even. No, a, you know. God no. Like,
2: I mean, like The aliens in Dead like they have this whole thing, one of their hopes on was this tactical dismemberment. Yeah. Where like the plasma corners were supposed to be the ideal thing to use because They'd bang off, not like a bullet, but like a, a bar of laser firing, yeah. And that it would slice off legs, slice off arms and things like that. And then you could adjust whether you for a vertical one to your arms or horizontal one for legs or stuff like that. You had the pistol one, which was the short bar, and the heavy plastic, which was the long bar. and that's all great in theory but when you're not a fantastic shot and like the mechanics always felt like you know you were doing this and this device, this weapon wasn't designed for that so it was never quite as effective as you thought it was gonna be Um, and you'd expend more ammo than you thought you needed to so but it was like it was really visceral adrenaline pumping and I mean nice little good innovations in it The, um, the oxygen uh, the oxygen tanks, whereby you'd be walking along a corridor and the way would be blocked. You'd have to go out to an airlock outside the ship mm-hmm. and your oxygen would spool down, like that's why you clumped along incredibly slowly trying to find a path to the wreckage of blown out compartments to get back inside the oxygen. The zero G, where you run around using your magnetic lose jump from surface to surface. Um, and the HUD, the HUD was really, I really enjoyed the HUD on it because there is no technically HUD in the classic sense where you see your ammo on your health and stuff like that. Your health bar is a series of lights and the spine of your armor suit. And yeah. it, took, it took me dying a couple times before I realised what that meant, because yeah. it's not really relevant to to you. Your ammo counter is when you aim iron sights on your weapon it pops up a little hologram off the side of the weapon, because this mm-hmm. is the future technology. Yeah. And um, cute innovations like that I really enjoyed, I thought it was really good graphics as well at the time, and um, I just, I really think it's kind of, it's one of those games, it's really worth a look. It's yeah. one of those kind of ones where, no it wasn't a game changer, no it wasn't gonna shift the uh, video game like, landscape magnificently, massively, around. it's not Bioshock, yeah. you know, it's no Silent Hill 2, I'm not about to try and stand it up against Silent Hill yeah, 2, yeah, and say of course, no yeah. it's better. But, I mean, I think it's, it's a huge reward and experience for a playthrough. Um, and, yeah, you're right, it's one of those kind of games, like, I've only ever played it once. Yeah. If I still have it upstairs, there'll be
0: a time, you know, in the next year or two where I'll probably pick it up and play it again. Because it's been that long, I don't remember how yeah. exactly how the story went. But I think, like, uh, and the main qualifier for it to be a book club feature is that it certainly, all these years later, has a lasting impression on you
1: yeah and I
2: mean, which i
0: think in and of itself is worth people who haven't checked it out to dig it out or to you know yeah. and buy it whatever way they you can pick
2: it up for time I mean. like it was on it was on pc as well like i bet it's on steam somewhere i would imagine and probably if, if i was really good at this job i would have researched it but you know as you probably told from how i ramble at the start of this segment before you jump into film, <laughs> yeah i'm still getting the hang of the
0: whole book up thing you're getting there buddy you're doing great you know, I still yeah. used so the I suppose I suppose to uh, wrap it up very quickly. Then, if you were to give me your elevator pitch in just a couple of sentences, why, if I have never played Dead Space before in my life, very quickly, couple of sentences, why should I play it now? That put me on the spot. You forgot I do this, don't yeah, you?
2: Yeah, <laughs> I did. I um, pitch. Um, high adrenaline, immersive. A creative
1: experience. Um, oh, I would most of the time say original because it's similar
2: to a, a lot of different things. You
0: know, and was it, what, what's the horror film people say it's very like? Is it Event Horizon? Event Horizon, very yeah. like Event Horizon. Uh, so if you like Event Horizon? If, event, for, like, event Horizon and Alien, that would be the two if things. If you're right waiting for that officially licensed Event Horizon game, oh, there probably was one. Okay. Surely. <laughs> everybody oh got licensed back then <laughs> on PC or, yeah. or um, N64 yeah Jesus <laughs> uh, no I surely would have heard by and everyone but uh, yeah so that's um, that's dead space then I think yeah so I suppose the last bit of business then before I go and wrap things up formally oh. is to drop the mother load on you to drop the bomb it's my turn now to pick a game oh on the end of my scene so I- Brian, I think you're going to like this one. Yeah. So next week on the podcast, we're gonna talk about a little game. And I made sure, because I thought maybe Mark would be slightly annoyed that we talk about this without him. So I made sure to clear it with himself that we could do this. So next week, we're going on a journey into the clouds. We're gonna play a little game called Bioshock Infinite. <laughs> I toyed with whether we'd wait until like Bring episode, us the girl and with the death, whether we'd wait until like episode twenty or thirty or something like that to do this, because like I fucking love this game so much. could be unbroken, but uh, it's one that like uh, you know there's been the news stories that like is it going to come out HD collection stuff like that? Fucking better. So I'm going to jump on it. We're going to talk about Bioshock Infinite <laughs> next week. Um Yeah. Uh, that's you're excited about that, I assume. Oh man, what a gigantic mess everywhere. Yeah, so that's that's the game for next week. So to kind of wrap things up, um, once again, like I said at the top of the show, thanks everybody who has gone to the trouble of finding us on iTunes. Uh, I was pleasantly surprised to find us in the new and noteworthy section for video game podcasts uh, on mm. iTunes, which was fucking awesome. Thank you. Like to be up beside the likes of you know uh, Colin Moriarty and Greg Miller's new podcast. PS, I love you, XOXO um was fucking surreal It really was So like really like thanks a million to everybody And anybody who's still listening on SoundCloud If you're a downcast person Podcast addict Whatever kind of podcast preference you have iTunes Subscribe away please Keep downloading Keep sharing links and stuff like that Get the word out guys Let's do it um, Because I'm fucking really enjoying doing this so far And I want to keep doing it Um so yeah that's kind of um, and of course if you are subscribed on iTunes or if you are an iTunes user and uh, you don't subscribe still just give us a five star rating just do it it feels oh, great you click those five stars you see all five stars illuminate it's a great feeling it's cathartic a signage, it's right? cathartic yeah it's great um, so do that fucking be a pal really uh, also also go out of the way go on to Facebook we have a Facebook mm-hmm. page we're oh. facebook.com slash link to the cast uh, on Twitter we're at Link to the Cast. Obviously the website where everything is kind of coordinated is linktothecast.wordpress.com. I'm not going to get into the bullshit with not being able to get the proper URL for YouTube yet. That's a whole fucking story. But uh, if we post something on YouTube, it's getting posted on either Facebook, Twitter, or our WordPress. So you won't miss it. But uh, like the first time you see one of our YouTube links, do a subscribe there on YouTube, help us out. Um we sound so well, needy. Yeah, well, no, you don't. you got to get the word it. out. We've got to do the shill at the end of the podcast. We've done this before. You know how it works. <laughs> um, yeah. I, know, tweet,
2: tweet at us. Say T-
0: tweet at us. Throw in some emails. Uh, like, if you want to throw in an email and it's not complete garbage, we'll read it out. <laughs> 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 you know, as you can tell, we have, oh, we have such high quality threshold on this show. <laughs> But, uh, no, please do uh, kind of uh, interact yes. with us there. We, we, lo- we like to hear from people. What are your book club suggestions? What are your book club suggestions? Because Jesus the well is going to run dry <laughs> eventually, surely. Uh, even I, who uh, have no life whatsoever, am going to run out of video games I love eventually. So. Joe, yes. <laughs> oh, God. Um, so, yeah. Look, uh, before we go on another 15 minutes plugging shit... Um, I think we'll uh, bring this thing to a close. So for uh, Link to the cast, uh, I've been Dave Ryan. You've been Brian McNamara. Mark Robinson on assignment. <laughs> uh, yeah. Peace out, internet.